This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast. I am Rich Lapore, and I am here with... Jordan Alseka. And today we are going to take a tour of E3 2018. Um, talk about all the big stuff that happened. Uh, we're not going to take a ton of time on each announcement, but rather give a nice overview and a good place to go if you want to hear just everything that happened there, and or most things that happened there, especially the press conferences, and our thoughts on each one. Um, interesting year at E3, huh? Uh, I think it's, yeah, I would say it's probably the best E3 in a few years. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, a lot of people worried it might not be just because it's, uh, and, and again, this is weird, but people are already talking about PS5 and whatever the Xbox One 2 will be, um, and uh, which is crazy to me. Uh, but people Yeah, next-gen stuff. It's coming, That's I guess. That's like, uh, yeah, Bethesda was, ba- they, they said their um, Elder Scrolls 6 and whatever their new franchises are next-gen, so... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. It's definitely a weird thing that's coming. Now, a lot of things uh, people are also saying are things aren't. So one of the things we'll talk about a little bit is Cyberpunk. Um, so we got, uh, a, I guess, not a look at really, but a better um, sense of. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're saying that one is actually current gen. But I bet you there'll be a lot of games like of that ilk, um, that, Ghost of Tsushima, things like that, that will sort of bridge the gap between both generations. And it's also going to be a weird thing where... You know, a lot of the talk is that, um, you know, these new generation, these sort of mid-gen consoles that came out, so obviously the PS Pro and the Xbox One X, that those devices are going to, like, also play some of the next-gen games. So it'll almost be like like the Xbox One X is kind of similar to the 5. Whatever. I know, I know. And then then to add complexity to that... Um, both of those companies, especially Microsoft, because uh, they were always talking about always online, that was always their thing. And so now they're talking about maybe their next console will have like an economical budget priced streaming only console as well as one with a disk drive. And now Google's jumped into the play and say they're going to try to do a streaming console. It's just, it's crazy. I, For me and for you, I think as well, we're all about the games, right? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's you what know, matters. PlayStation's still making a big push for VR. But I don't care. I, I know. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be transcendent. Maybe one day there'll be you know a killer app that you have to play. I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, rent- all the stuff they're doing. It's like at the end of the day, what are the games going to be like? Exactly. And so now, one thing I have heard, and you'll be happy to hear this, Jordan, is that uh, because of they're reaching the point of diminishing returns with graphical fidelity and beautiful graphics and you know hair physics and all kinds of water physics and environmental blah blah blah. Um, they there's nowhere really to go yet with that or further with that. So instead, they're talk a lot of developers are talking about uh, AI improvements and making you know the the competitors the computer based competitors you face smarter and cooler and more interesting. And we saw a little bit of that with not that it's next gen but like The Last of Us Part Two. We saw some pretty smart looking AI and if they could take sort of the new tech and apply that horsepower to things like that um, and really improve the game experience overall, that'll be a really nice uh, move forward, a nice change from the constant graphic rat race. Sure, but also I think The Last of Us Part 2 had probably the most practiced 
demo of the of the whole <laughs> event. I mean, however, however that stuff works in practice is you know yet to be seen. But it is very easy to, to make an E3 demo look really revolutionary and different to what it would actually be. It's true. Um, you know, you also had the Shadow of the Tomb Raider trailer that did the same thing, where it was like we're going to show off every possible thing that you can do. But, you know, how much of it are you actually going to do? I always think back, you know, the big trailer that was the, the big lie in gaming was the Watch Dogs trailer that wowed everybody. And uh, then it was like, well, that that's not what the game was. It certainly wasn't. That was – it got like Game of E3 for every, like 73 different outlets or something. And it ended up being – you know, it sold well. Um, but it, it certainly is not the, the superstar franchise that they that they wanted it to be. And I certainly didn't love that game. And talk about a boring character. I'll give you another example. Um, and this is very weird and different, but similar concept. Have you ever played, like, a Mario game and, and turned on or watched those videos of, like, the developers at Nintendo doing perfect runs and showing you, like, trick runs through those levels? Uh, I have not. So there's this thing you can do, like, on... on uh, uh, Super Mario, like New Super Mario World, or what, what was the one on um, Wii U that was the one you didn't really play the two the two D side scroller? New Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Yeah, yeah, that one, and also New Super Mario Brothers and New Super Mario Brothers Two. Well, no, New Super Mario Brothers, the ones on the Wii and the one on the Wii U. You could actually go and look at videos of like how like like trick videos at a certain point, and basically it's like four players all playing and like one does a jump and then like they time it perfectly so like another person is standing there like a, one person will be the toad and the one person who's jumping will bounce off this thing and then bounce on toad's head and then fly all the way through the level in this perfect like choreographed madness that's just like you'll never pull that off like i can't even believe anybody ever pulled that off but there are trick players that are like so good at those games and coordinating with others that like they just like blast through those levels and do stupid things um, just made me think of that, but you should check that out if you ever get a chance, man. No, that sounds interesting. It is, it is. It's also It also brings up another thing that I know you've been doing recently, which is Games Done Quick. You checked that out a lot last week, right? Uh, yeah, that's uh, the Summer Games Done Quick is always fun to watch, all the speed runs. Uh, there were a lot of really good, fun ones. I really enjoyed uh, checking out the, there was a Borderlands, the pre-sequel one that I didn't see all of, but it was interesting seeing some of the tricks there in terms of, you know, using audio diaries to skip dialogue sections and, you know, speed things along. Uh, there was a, my one of my favorites was there was a um, speed run of Celeste with a tool-assisted bot use it, doing it, so it was, you know, all the frame-perfect things, and it's just like crazy watching the character just fly across the screen and in human things that are technically possible with with the way the inputs work but not humanly possible yeah 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 i was watching somebody do a final fantasy 6 run it was like a pretty pretty big deal that when they did their a little under seven hours you see that one at all that glitchless run uh, I didn't see it. I knew it was the last one of the weekend, but uh, yeah. I wasn't able to watch it. But anyway, there were four people. Uh, New Exel, Pooh Exel, somebody was was running it, and then he had three of you know the other top speedrunners for that game in the community up there, and all talking us through it. And basically, they were like, you know, controlling controlling the AI is an important aspect of speedrunning. So like when you're playing Final Fantasy VI, you have to know like what squares to step on when walking through the overworld, so you can properly trigger the overworld random battles um, rather than like just get like the wrong one at the wrong time because you want to level your character but you want certain encounters to level it perfectly and, and you want it to be more predictable so they were saying well you you can do a lot as a human to game what encounters you get but the RNG within the encounters themselves 
are like ungameable basically they said much 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 they said like eight muches harder um and and really you can't do it without you know it's, they said it's really humanly impossible to man, to to fundamentally control the ai of the in in-game battles or the the, the actual battle screen which mm-hmm. i thought was interesting um so rng has different levels of complexity and and different ability to manipulate it but that whole pixel perfect and computer bot stuff is fascinating to me yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting stuff. Um, I was, I always enjoy watching it, and you know all the tricks people have picked up, and you know things that are technically possible in game. It's always a lot of the games are ones where I would love to even just try it out, but it's usually like the older, um, like the older game version. So like or, Halo Two a had a really interesting version. run, right? Yeah, Halo Two had a really interesting run, but you have to be playing on the original Xbox version because you know stuff like the modern update takes all a lot of those tricks out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if they're bugs, they're going to fix them, right? Yeah. Um, so if they're exploiting bugs, they're they're going to be cleaned up. Cool. Well, anyway, games done quick. I have just blown away by how much money they make. I think they made close to three million, if not three million dollars. Just like, how cool is that? Um, I mean, it's a really well respected at this point. They've been doing it for a long time. Um, and yeah, no, it was great to see them raise so much and do so such a good job. I, I hear you. I hear you. Cool. Uh, one little other housekeeping thing before we get back to business, and that is um, one of the reasons we haven't had an episode in such a long is you just moved again. Isn't that right? Yes, I'm now in Phoenix, Arizona. It's crazy. What's going on? What? He's hanging out <laughs> with Jimmy Eat World out there. He's telling me. <laughs> just kidding. He's not saying that. Um, no, I mean, it's 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 a big move, but it's just the next step. So I'll probably move again in a year, and who knows where we'll be then. What? That's weird. That's weird. Hey, man, that's exciting. Life needs excitement, I guess. So anyway, yeah. you're situated. We got your mic up. Um, I know you had some uh, issues with the moving people actually delivering your stuff. I can't believe that they're allowed to sell a moving contract. That blows my mind. Like You can find people you trust to do your cross-country moving, and then they literally have it in their contract. They can give you all of your earthly belongings to anybody they want. Isn't that true? Uh, I don't know the specifics, but basically something like that. It's unbelievable. Anyway, all's well that ends well. This uh, The snowball made it um, through the sweltering heat, and... Um, Cool. So anyway, we'll be talking about E3. Um, like I said, it's going to be a brisk trot through the different conferences. I have all of them pulled up here. I'm going to go through the lists, talk about what interests us. Um, and then um, we're going to end with Hollow Knight because one of the big things that happened at E3, a lot of people predicted it, but uh, Hollow Knight was, um, uh, what do they call that when it gets like ghost released or, or something? I don't know. They call uh, I'm it, not sure. They call it something when they release it like the same day. They're like, by the way, Hollow Knight's coming to Switch right now, you know? Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, that happened with that. It happened with Fortnite Switch version. Um, happened with a few other things. So anyway, um, myself and Jordan have been deeply mired in that game, and we will be talking about our experiences in uh, Hollow Nest. So cool, Hollow yeah. Nest. Hollow Nest. Hollow Nest. Yeah, it's different. It's <laughs> it's a little different spelling. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Good game though, man. Well, you'll you'll hear our thoughts on it. We'll go into it in depth. Definitely. All right. So to start off. What was the first press conference? I believe it was. This is the one I didn't. I don't really know much about because I did not follow um, the first press conference, which was the EA conference. Yeah, no, I didn't even know that was happening, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so let's we'll just go through these these really quickly because I, I don't. I mean, I know Anthem got shown and and you know it had more of a 
more of a presence. So FIFA 19, we don't care. NBA Live and Adult NFL, and we're not really sports gamers, except I guess you liked the long shot mode, right? The long shot mode was really good last year. I don't think they have anything comparable for this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mean, they can't. Yeah, yeah, they don't. I don't think. I um, mean, they could. They have the yeah. money. They could produce one every year, but I don't know that it was a uh, blockbuster hit for them. Right. Right, exactly. Although I know that a lot of people liked it, but it's not often that you can also get, like, the caliber of talent they had. And anyway, all right. Um, and then two brand new EA Originals were debuted. Unravel 2, which was another one of those ghost releases, was released just after the uh, the reveal. And then Sea of Solitude, which is this interesting sort of indie game that looks kind of cool. Um, Vince Sampella, head of Respawn, announced that they're working on a new Star Wars game, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, a new mobile game was unveiled, Command and Conquer Rivals, and then EA finished their conference with a look at Anthem, um, and it's cool. I mean, it's basically like Destiny meets Iron Man meets uh, really good combat mechanics, or so I hear. Um, any more excitement from you on this? I watched none of the footage from E3. <laughs> it's not a game that's really on my radar. Right. Um, See how it comes I out. I don't know. Right? That game, It's it seems to be having a slightly troubled development. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they also have to be very defensive because everybody's worried. You know, EA is synonymous right now with really dangerous or or tragic loot box situation that happened last year with Battlefront 2. And, you know, Anthem, of course, the original plan was to be kind of microtransaction based. So they had to really back up from that to not scare everybody from even caring about that game at all. All these videos started popping up on YouTube, like why Anthem is going to be ruined by microtransactions and all this kind of stuff. So we'll see. That's a very unknown thing. And then add to that Mass Effect Andromeda's, you know, train wreck of a launch. Um, So we'll see if uh, if they can come back, they have Casey Hudson back at the helm, so that's big. Um, you know, uh, Bioware does, so we'll see how that comes out. Cool. So anyway, that's EA. It's teeny tiny, so we'll go to the next one. Now, what came next? I believe it was Microsoft, right? Yeah. Microsoft was big, and actually a really good conference. What was your overall take on the Microsoft conference? Uh, I think Microsoft had the best showing of the year. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think, you know, it happens that not every year can be a big blowout year and Microsoft certainly hasn't had a good year for a while. Uh, this was the year they really got to show some stuff off. They talked about all of the studios they purchased. They had a big indie showcase in the middle that I wish they'd spent a little more time on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, they had a long, they had a long show. They, they went about what, an hour 40, Something hour like 45. That. Um, their challenge right now, Microsoft in general, their challenge is they have to come out with exclusives because they just don't have console exclusives. PlayStation, on the other hand, their conference was all about, like, here are these four or five huge games that are first party, you'll only play them on PlayStation, whereas Microsoft in past E3s, last couple, last two or three years, really didn't have much to show. It was it, start, it was starting to get embarrassing. So one of the big things they did this year, which was actually, it may not look fancy and exciting to the casual observer, but one thing they announced that's incredibly important and had me really excited is the fact that they have like five new internal studios they just brought online. And that is a huge deal. Um, so now they have... Um, Forza Horizon developer Playground Games has been brought on board. That's 
kind of I, I thought they already were on board, but whatever. Yeah, I mean it's already pretty much like exclusive, so exactly. State of Decay developer Undead Labs. That's again kind of a no-brainer because that was another exclusive for them, or at least the second one was. Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice developer Ninja Theory, also notably a very PS4 usually used to be developer. They did Heavenly Sword. That's a PS4 only game. They did um, Enslaved Journey to the West. Was that uh, dual platform? I forget. No, that was only on PS. Through, I believe Maybe. might have been might have been dual platform. Yeah, I'm starting to like see in my head like the box art from the the Xbox Three. I was about to say the same thing you just did, and then like I flashed in my head to the <laughs> to the Xbox. I probably played it on 360, so it might have been. Yeah. It probably was. But I think it was. I think it was first on on PS3. Anyway, they traditionally have been a PS3 developer. Um, now they're going to be exclusively Microsoft, so that's pretty big news. And you know, Senua's Sacrifice actually sold pretty well. Um, so that's that's interesting. Um, it was on 360. There you go. So let me tell you, um, this was... Well, I'll talk about that maybe a little... No, I'll just talk about it right now. So another developer that they got was Compulsion Games. Now, Compulsion Games is the developer of We Happy Few. And for me, the probably my most exciting thing from the whole event was We Happy Few's... Um, the things that they revealed about that game. Did you hear any of this? Yeah, you know, I've been following that game for a long time, so I was excited to see some new stuff about it. Well, the, the, yeah, so basically the deal with We Happy Few is it started out as it looked very Bioshock um, art-wise. Art the concept is it's this world where um, everybody is, like, very bad things happen. You don't know what they are at the beginning, but bad stuff went down. And so everybody there is taking a drug called Joy. And it's actually a police situation where you are policed to take Joy. And if you do not take the Joy, you're considered a downer. And initially, this is an indie studio, and so initially the concept was they were going to make this more of a survival game. So it was much more procedurally generated. The world just sort of, like, built itself out each time, and you'd try to escape from this world and get out of the Joy and really see what see what's going on, become a downer and escape, right? But what they announced, and I saw a nice 20-minute interview with these guys, really cool developers, and what they said was, you know, they released that game Early Access last year, so you could play it in its rougher form, and what they said was that that game is now basically a single-player game. Um, it is, they, everybody said to them, what we want is there to be a great narrative in this. It's such a great world, it's so beautifully realized, it's such a great concept, and everybody wanted single player, and that was like the one thing it wasn't going to really have, right? So now it's totally changed. The focus for the release that comes out, I think later this year, is um, the single player content. And there's going to be three characters, and you play each of the stories in chronological order. So it's not like you play one or the other. You play all three, one after another, and each story reveals more about the last. And it's basically three people going on a journey through this world that is infected with joy. Um, looks Amazing. I mean, it. It. it I, I'm so excited about this game. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I didn't. It was. It's been. It's been a long development cycle for it as well, or at least it's felt long. Yeah, but, it, it's pretty long. A couple years at least. I mean, no, since I'm ex- we knew about it. I mean. Yeah. No, I'm excited for it to finally come out and to get to experience it. I just hope it. I hope it's as good as it looks, because boy, does it look good. And I love narrative games like that, and there just aren't enough in that Bioshock vein, um, story-wise. I love stuff like that. Okay, cool. But anyway, Microsoft uh, is acquiring a lot of developers, and that's good news because they really needed them. Um, they're also uh, bringing their, forming their own new studio called The Initiative, um, which is like a new Microsoft uh, first-party studio where they're going to be making new games. 
Um, and then it also said that Playground Games, who makes Forza Horizon, is also using their, quote, open-world expertise to do a, an entirely new project, and the buzz is that that's going to be Fable 4. So, that's interesting. Yeah. We shall see. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, starting at the top, this is all you, Jordan. Tell me what you think of Halo Infinite. I mean, I don't know yet. We saw a video <laughs> clip. Um, Halo. It looks like Halo. I mean, they're on a Halo. Uh, my biggest question is just looking at it. 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 I. I mean, they didn't say anything about it, but with the title change, it feels almost like they're going for a soft reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It, this is. They've confirmed. This is Halo Five. This is the continuation of the. Master you mean Halo Six? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Halo Six. This is I mean, the continuation. It's not sure. like this is a side thing and 6 is still coming or anything. No, no. I, I mean, I, I definitely got that. But it, it just – there's something about it and the way it's set up. It just feels like it's trying to evoke Halo 1 and and that feel and that tone. So I'm, I'm just curious what it will end up being. Uh, if it is a direct sequel, that's good. I'd like that story to end at the very least. But it looks like it might be them going, we're just going to stealthily reboot. <laughs> You know, stop the record and scratch it off and, yeah, start over. Um, what I Probably think not. I hope not, but we'll see. What I think is interesting is that you, and I think a lot of people, have, have been misunderstood in what you actually want from a new Halo. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, the studio keeps saying, oh, you guys wanted Chief and you're pissed because Chief wasn't in it enough. But that wasn't your issue with the, with, with C5, right? No, it was that the, the, the enemy AI wasn't as fun to play against. I thought they really dropped the ball with how they rearranged the um, Promethean enemies, because I really enjoyed them in Halo 4, and I thought yeah. they made them just kind of grindy in this one. They had a really annoying boss that they made you fight again and again and again. And maybe this is a complaint as someone, you know, we played it a lot on Legendary, but also it made, it's like one of the most frustrating Legendary campaigns. And then the squad mates and the way they worked wasn't great. I mean, now, Spartan Locke wasn't the greatest character, and, you know, there was very little Chief in a game that promoted him so heavily, but, you know, you can have a game that doesn't have that much Chief and it'd be great. Halo 2 is half yeah. Arbiter, and everybody loves the Arbiter. Mm. Well, okay, not everybody loves the Arbiter, probably, and, and I think at the time... Love, everybody should love the Arbiter, let's put it that way. I think so. <laughs> um, but, you know, it is the sort of thing where that is one of the things they can fix, but hopefully they will focus in on making better enemy AI again, and and balancing the campaign better. Right. But, you know, who knows? I, I hope it's a good game. I like Halo a lot. I miss it. It's been three years since Halo 5, and I, I want a new Halo campaign. I'll tell you so. what. This may be finally the game that really gets you into shared world shooters, because I bet you that even if it has a solo campaign that's very separate, there's going to be big shared world uh, elements. I I, you know, it's probably true. I pray to God that's not the case. But <laughs> I think they said, like, think bigger. And, like, somebody was asking them, so, do you mean shared world? They're like, let's put it this way, think bigger. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> I hope I hope not. Uh, because those were – I guess they're successful in the moment. But, I mean, when you see stuff happen to, like, Bungie can't seem to make it work. And the first division wasn't – like, I mean, they get, they get dedicated audiences. And I guess if they make enough money, it doesn't really matter if they have longevity. But – I don't know. It's not serving the player, that's for sure. Um, yeah. If you develop a game that's like that, um, like a like a like a Destiny two, to not realize and Luke Smith is a very smart guy and he loves World of Warcraft. So like, 
I don't know where he got the idea that making Destiny 2 casual was like the way to go, but it certainly wasn't. And not having any kind of really long-lasting endgame killed that. Then we can look at Division, same thing. You know, the content was awesome when you first played it. So month one, some of the best gaming you'll ever have. Months two through 24, not so much. So we'll see how they how they how they pivot and fix it and and all of that. But now here is Anthem coming to do their stab at it and maybe Gears. So we'll see. I mean, not Gears, uh, Halo. But um, that that jumps to the next thing, and that is Gears of War Five was revealed, and it looks really not surprisingly, really cool. huh? It looks cool, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the big thing there was um, it was interesting to see i mean it's not a surprise that they opened with halo and closed with gears because those are their undisputed two biggest franchises but and they need french uh in-house franchises bad yeah but what i thought was cool about gears 5 is you know gears 4 was much like halo 5 a an all right game that was kind of disappointing because the story was very it felt small it felt like they didn't develop as well as it should. And it seems like they they know they need to pivot. They're refocusing the main character. JD's not the main character anymore. Cat is. He's not- she really was kind of the heart of the story in the first, without be I mean, it's been a while since I played Gears 4. We played through once and we haven't really touched it again. We may leading into Gears 5. Um I'm excited Gears 5 is coming because I I like Gears gameplay. Um so hopefully this will refocus and make for a better new a second chance for this new storyline. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, she seems really cool in this and it's definitely a new direction. Apparently the gameplay is going to be more open world, but not in a shitty way, like still still closed enough, but think like again, think bigger, all right? But like it just it I forget what game they compared it to, but it's much more akin to like a I don't know, like a Last of Us type of thing or something more like that, like open world in part, and then but but still like a cohesive consecutive story. I don't know. We'll have to see. But it looks really cool. Um, the story definitely looks better than than four ever did. I didn't play four, but yeah. Then we um, they also announced Funko Pop <laughs> Gears. Yeah, which was a surprising, weird. Who knows what that'll be? And Gears essentially. Gears Halo Wars, I guess they're making yeah. a tactics game. I guess. Um, um, we'll so, see. I mean, I'm sure it'll do okay. They must be doing pretty well with the Halo Wars franchise. I mean, it, it, if they're going to do a Gears tactics, I guess... I think they just are well. trying to find ways to expand their franchises. Uh, you know, the big ones they have. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we got two, what can we... Or three with Crackdown. Uh, ahem. But what can we do, right? So... Yeah, but those were obviously, like, some of the showcase games. And there were others, but uh, what else did we have? So another really big one that's important um, is the la- uh, Maybe it was the last thing of all was Cyberpunk 2077. I think it was. It was, the, it was the, oh, one more thing. And they popped up on screen with, like, this code, which actually turned out to be free Witcher Complete Edition codes, like giveaway codes, that like, <laughs> they made it look like computer, like, leet speak on the screen. And a lot of, some people figured that out, of course, got free Witcher games. But... Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was shown off in a trailer. Um, it's about a minute and a half, two minute trailer. Uh, actually, a minute 40. Um, and then um, it was also um, shown in a 45 minute demo to develop, excuse me, to Games Press at the event, all of whom have done podcasts, live blogs, and um, articles about it. Um, and actually, one person I just heard actually released the audio from the event. So Shane Satterfield on on Sifted, his new site. So like, if you want to experience that demo, you can do it in any form except actually seeing it, which is probably what you would want to do. Um, but basically, um, 
CD Projekt Red obviously made The Witcher 3. A lot of people say one of the greatest games of all time. I'm playing it now. We'll see what I think. But um, the point is that there's a lot of anticipation for this game. It was announced like five years ago. It's not going to come out for two more at least probably. Um, and the it won game of show though for like almost every uh, media outlet because supposedly what we didn't get to see behind closed doors was so impressive. From the trailer, I was like, eh, looks all right. I don't it know. It looked like you. cyberpunk. <laughs> Yeah, but also lighter. The it, genre, not the game. It looked lighter, though. It wasn't the cyberpunk of Blade Runner. It was the cyberpunk of, like, Sunset Overdrive meets cyberpunk. Or, or I don't even know what. It just was, or, or Transmetropolitan, that comic series, meets cyberpunk. Like, that kind of vibe. It was a lot lighter. Apparently, when you play the game, there's a lot more darkness in that. I didn't know how much I loved, like, the, the, the overdub voice. Like, this is a rough city, but I'm a rough guy. You know, it's just like, I don't know if I was feeling that vibe, but apparently, like, you get to make your character and kind of define how he is. Um, mm-hmm. but, but what they say is that the, when you watch this demo, this 45-minute, and it was, like, playable, of course, not by uh, people in attendance, but, you know, it was like you were saying, you know, it was a, a staged demo where they play it in exactly the right way for those 45 minutes to show you all the cool shit and never turn to the left where all the assets aren't even made yet, you know, potentially. Um, but it's supposedly, it's supposedly like brutal and like nudity and violence and blood and intensity and ripping implants out of bodies and just like, just coolness apparently, uh, or pulling out your, getting a, getting an eye implant at the, at the rip doctor and like, uh, getting to look through a wall and going poop, pop, pop, pop. And, like, shooting three dudes through the wall and they all fall down dead. And, like, then you go in the other room and you see that you shot them through the wall because you get what I'm saying, right? Like an X-ray yeah. vision thing. So supposedly that kind of vibe. I'm excited for this game, but who knows when we'll see the actual first tra- uh, uh, gameplay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's CD Projekt Red. They made what's widely considered one of the greatest games ever made for the last generation with The Witcher 3. So... Um, you know, I'm sure it'll be good. It's hard to say now just because all we've seen is a trailer, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm excited for it, though. All right. Um, we got our first look at Fallout 76. Um, we'll talk about that more in Bethesda, though, um, because that's where they really went into that. Division 2. So they got had some guy come out on stage, talk about Division 2. Looks like a Division 1, but, like, maybe better. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll play it when it comes out. Here's a big one. Devil May Cry 5. Sweet. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That it's. I was stunned that it's been ten years since Devil May Cry four came out. Well, yeah. um, even with the DMC stopgap, and it's weird to me because this looks like they were like, we're gonna go back to the original series, but we're gonna keep the DMC aesthetic because yeah. it felt very DMC to me. Yeah. Well, I'm into it. I mean, apparently they've been hearing clamoring from fans for ever since that came out, for, for 5 to come out, an actual sequel to the Nero and Dante stuff as opposed to the reimagining of, of Dante and his brother, Virgil. Um, did you like DMC, the, 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 the remake or the reimagining? I mean, I enjoyed playing it. I don't – I mean, the stories have never been that engaging. They're, they're over the – they're ridiculous. I mean, I get why people like them, but I, I've yeah. never been, like, clamoring for the sequel to DMC 4. I didn't think DMC 4 was that great, though. Um, it was a lot of backtracking, and I, I didn't feel like it added a lot, but – I dug it, but I hear you. I get I get your point. It does do all those things, but at the same time, like it's kind of like Metroidvania Bayonetta. <laughs> that's that's a weird way to look at it because Bayonetta came out after. But well, here's one I know you can get behind. Dark Souls developer finally reveals Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Doesn't this look awesome? It does. It looks really fun. The word it is, doesn't. 
it's not as not as an RPG. Um, I mean, to me, it looks very much. It looks like a Soulsborne game. Um, yeah. Just in a different setting, with I'm sure some different mechanics and things to set it apart. But yeah, it looks like what I would expect from well, yeah, that developer. It, it does. Well, like I was saying though, the thing about this one is you don't like. It's not about skills as much, like RPG mechanics. There will be some kind of uh, level system or or, or increase, you know, power up system, but it's not going to be like a traditional RPG. And it's going to have the one of the big core mechanics of it is a um, grappling hook. So you hmm. grapple, kind of same thing as a lot of grappling hooks this year. Um, what with Just Cause Four, was it? And this well, they've game, been grappling for, for I know, years. I know, I know, I know. They've been grappling since grappling wasn't cool. Um, and then also, um, uh, uh, Ghost of Tsushima's got grappling hooks going. Um, so it's the, it's the year of the grappling hooks uh, like got ubiquitous. I don't know. Anyway, that game looks fun. And then that's actually the next thing was Just Cause 4. I can't believe... I, I said this to you when we first talked about all this stuff. I was like, really? Just Cause 4? Like, it didn't Just Cause 3 just come out? And you were like, no, nah, like three, four years ago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. I think it was, you know... I mean, the, Just Cause is, is, again, they just make a big, big playground... They populate it with enough story, and then you can just kind of destroy stuff. Maybe this one will be different. I don't think it will be. I think people like Just Cause for a very specific reason. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, it's a lot of content. I don't think it's super varied. I mean, it is super varied content. I don't find all of it fun. Like, I don't tend to do all the challenges, but I think for people who are really into it, it's just a big playground of stuff to do. To me, there's just better games that, that do the same thing, that, like Far Cry, that I'd rather play, and I haven't even played all of those, so I'd rather do that. Forza Horizon 4 was announced. Forza Horizon has, like, becoming... I'm not into the racing scene, but, like, behind the scenes, or I should say in front of the scenes for people that are into it, Forza Horizon is steadily becoming, like, the go-to arcade racer. Good for them. Um, They're very, I mean, yeah. technically impressive. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, well, Forza... Was this the one that had the seasons introduced? Yeah, this is the seasons one. You this was hilarious. I, I found this very funny because it was like, what What do we, how do we How do we set spring apart? We'll just make it rain a lot. Was <laughs> the vibe I got in the trailer. I'm sure that's not the case. But it was like they needed to be very extreme in how they showed off each season. Uh-huh. So they were like, spring, it's raining. Did you know that like in certain seasons the sheep get sheared? No. They do. Um, and, and the whole thing takes place in the UK, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a, it looks like a big map. I just don't want to drive it. Right, exactly. I want to run through it or do something else. Um, speaking of a game you can run in, uh, Dying Light 2 was revealed. This was kind of a surprise, and this actually fell kind of under the radar. But what's really cool about this game is they're going next level with everything. So, like, they gave this awesome example of what will happen in Dying Light 2 is there'll be missions, and they'll totally change the ecosystem of... Uh, the world. So in this post-apocalypse, and it takes place like many years after the first game, so it's like a successor, but not like a direct sequel. Um, and what'll happen is you'll have like a mission where you can give like black market a, a win, some kind of black market thing. You can help out the black market people, or you can like take them down. If you take them down, then the city becomes cleaner and less crime-ridden and better for the inhabitants. But if you let the crime bosses win, then like you get better guns and weapons going forward, or something like that. So it's like, but but more dramatic and very visually dramatic. So apparently, you'll be able to really see the differences you make. I'm into that. I always find that these um, dichotomy games where you have like two options and they very they're very similar. You know, so this seems like it's going to take that and make it more drastic so i'm game for that i you know i i i will say it looked impressive but i feel like we get all these games where they're like here's all the ways you can change the world and then they don't really follow through mm. plant a tree in spring see 
Oh, see it yeah. grow. The classic Molyneux. The classic Molyneux um, promise. I mean, now this did look like it was taking it a little further, but until we see it in action, it's hard to like. Again, maybe I'm just getting jaded as I get older, but hearing these pro- E3 promises always have to be so big. Yeah. And it's like, well, what's the actual execution going to be? I agree. I agree. Um, we, we saw Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm just going to say I'm, I'm going to play the hell out of it. It looks just like the other two Tomb Raiders, and that's all I have to say about that, right? Um, yeah, I will say, yeah. I, I do want to add just a Dying Light too. Sure. I do think it looks very fun. There aren't enough co-op games out there, and, yeah. and so I'm glad there's this. That's true. That is really true. So I love that, I love that that's out there. Absolutely. Um, Jump Force re- is revealed. It's a Shonen Jump-themed uh, game. You can play in the same game with Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, etc., uh, oh, Light, Nagami, and Ryuk from Death Note were also shown. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you know. But aren't going to be playable. They're just in the story. Oh, fuck that. I didn't realize that. <laughs> didn't yeah. Realize. Um, okay. Um, new games coming to Xbox Game Pass. Um, they added Fallout. Anyway, that's not important. Well, um, I mean, that was cool. Like, they, they did add some big ones, like Elder Scrolls Online. I think what was cool is just... I, I don't think enough people... Not even know what they're doing with Game Pass, where you can play their their in-house games for free when it's they amazing. launch. It's amazing. It really um, is. It really is amazing. And they also, I, I I I thought we wouldn't be interested in this, but you're right. It is interesting. And they also did this new thing they talked about, which is um, Quick Start. So what they're going to start doing, if you have a big enough hard drive, I guess, is like pre-downloading beginnings of a bunch of games. They like they they kind of have a sense you'll want to play. So that way, when the new game comes out, it'll be ready to play like much quicker. Because that's one of the downsides to Game Pass. I've got it now because it was like a dollar for the first month. I was like, I'm going to do that, of course. Um, and all these new games just came out, so I'm, I've been playing that a bit. And I mean, literally, you you have to download the whole game just like you bought it, and then you play it as if you own it, which is really cool. Like when Crackdown comes out, I, I of course I'm gonna just get Game Pass, right? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Um, but I don't know if that'll change at some point. Right now, it's one of those loss leaders for them. They'd rather do it to get the install base going and be able to say to investors, we have such and such you know users. The price may change eventually. The policies on first-party games may change. Who knows? But for right now, it's one of the best deals in gaming for sure. No, certainly. Um, I've yet to do the trial for it, and I keep like waiting for, I guess, the game where I'm like, I don't want to buy it, but I want to play it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so who knows? It'll be cracked down probably. Maybe, yeah. I mean, you're going to want to try that train wreck or potentially brilliant game. We don't know yet. Um, I mean, the alternative are just games I want to own, like Halo Infinite or Gears 5. If those came to it, I'd be like, well, I just want to own those outright. Right. You're going to play them now. You're going to want to play them in two years. And, I mean, that's that. Uh, Crackdown got another trailer. It looks pretty cool. It's got that dude from Brooklyn Nine-Nine in it again. Terry Crews. Right. Um, it's coming February 2019, finally, but they've told us before when it was coming, and it didn't. I'm sure it will this time, because they can't do that again. Um, I mean, they could. I, they, they probably they, don't want they to, probably so won't. hopefully. They probably won't. But, I mean, to me, I lost all interest in, well, excuse me, all, I'm going to play it. But I lost all, like, true excitement for that game when I found out that all the cool shit they were doing is only in the multiplayer, and then another developer is making the single player. I was just like, wow. That, yeah. That's, Wow. All right. Well, hopefully, maybe it'll be a good cooperative multiplayer type of experience. Maybe, maybe. Well, hey, it'll probably only 90, not. It'll only be ninety nine cents for you to try it, so maybe you will, right? Yeah. Okay. Battlefield Five has a Nordly War story. Uh, that's this is IGN's take on it here. Um, story of a young Norwegian resistance fighter during the German occupation. It's still going to have kind of like those ideas about. Like the um, war stories? Exactly. Where you play like little mini stories. And, and, and there's also going to be some kind of battle royale mode, like a lot of things have now. And 
you know, I don't know. I don't play Battlefield, so I, I don't mean to sound down on it. People are into it, just not. I'm not. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, if maybe we'll end up playing it. I mean, it's it, it has a campaign. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, PUBG, uh, along those same Battle Royale lines, got a new Xbox trailer with a new surprise, which is there's going to be a new map. It's a snowy map. I just don't play those games. Um, Metro Exodus has a release date of February 22nd, 2019. Um, that date is now the best, uh, the biggest release date maybe ever. Because on that same day, Anthem, Days Gone, and Metro Exodus are coming out. Um, oh my Certainly God. big for a February. I mean, it's insane. It's insane. People are just talking about that game across gaming, just like February 22nd has become stupid. Um, so so it goes. I'm excited about Metro Exodus, but I really feel bad that I haven't played the other two yet. I was always mm-hmm. a little scared off because Stalker Shadow, Shadow of Chernobyl I always kind of wanted to play. It was more of a PC game, and then when it came to consoles, if it even came, I don't even know if it did, but then, like... Uh, I, I just like wasn't like ready to dive into a survival game that much where like I have to check my watch and make sure I eat and shit. I just don't. That's not me. I'm sure that's fun for people, but anyway. Um, but Metro Exodus looks really cool. It's like their most cinematic game, and it's just so beautiful. Um, when I first saw the trailer for this at last year's E3, the first one, like that was one of the reasons I tweeted about it. I you know, and I only tweet when I'm really pumped. And I was just like, dude, this game. I mean, it was one of those games that and Origins and a couple others just had me so excited for what gaming was doing right now. So. Anyway, um, New Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer um, reveals Frozen World. I guess this is an okay time to talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, well, there were three three show-offs for it throughout the event. So. Yeah, yeah, so there were three. Um, what do you think uh, overall? I mean, we, we, we know we're going to play the hell out of it, right? I mean, Yeah, I mean, look, I love Kingdom Hearts. I'm very excited for this. I watched the Kingdom Hearts speedrun during SGDQ. My favorite Let's Players, the Beard Bros, have been playing through the first Kingdom Hearts. I'm considering getting the originals again to p- finish playing through. Uh, Redbox just got the 1.5 and 2.5 HD collection in, and they, they sent, like, a special email about it. I saw that. I thought, oh, um, you had that and then sold it? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, like, the last game you would sell. It's got so much content. Well, I finished everything on it, uh, other okay. than, like, watching all the movies. <laughs> I see. Okay. Uh, that's but, the point. I, I mean, again, it's Kingdom Hearts. It's very replayable because it's just – it's fun. I, You know, I, so far, nothing has been a huge – I think the biggest surprise out of anything was the uh, reveal that Ratatouille is going to be in the game in some capacity. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think any of the worlds they showed off – like Frozen, I was honest to God like surprised when I was like, oh, yeah, I guess they haven't officially confirmed that as if anyone thought – Frozen wasn't going to be in Kingdom Hearts 3. What was what was the stuff that was like and what was actually technically an announcement? Was I mean Frozen was technically. Okay, okay so that uh, yeah, right. Beyond that. So was uh was Tangled an announcement? No, Tangled's been announced. I mean, we saw new footage from a lot of the worlds, but Tangled was one of the earliest ones announced. So was Big Hero 6. Pirates? Um Pirates was new and you know, looks way different than it did in Kingdom Hearts 2. Um but, I mean, so far there hasn't been, like, a, oh, wow, they're doing that type of world. Well, well, the, the, uh, well what do you mean? Because they've probably announced all the worlds. Um, I mean, seriously, I don't know. if I... there's a Frozen world, if there's a Hercules world, if there's a Toy Story world, if there's a Monsters, Inc. world, and if there's a Tangled world, that's five. How many are there going to be? And second of all, Nomura has specifically said we're going to have bigger worlds, but not as many this time. Or at least that's what he said at some interview. Get it? I get it. Translations are funny, but like, how many do you think there could be? Um, I mean, I guess if that's it, that's it. Then, I mean, I guess they went with not a very 
so they went with the like the most predictable lineup. I think Pirates was a weird choice. I wish they'd gone with something else. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what um, would you have really liked to have seen, or or still would like to see if they surprise us? I mean, I guess you know, Big Hero Six probably represents the Marvel world, and we haven't. We that's the big one we haven't seen footage from. So I'm sure there's at least one more trailer that'll come out to show off Big Hero Six. I'd love for there to be a surprise world or something they haven't shown off by launch that never happens anymore so it probably won't but uh that would be nice but you know something like steampunk uh or steamboat willie i'd love to see something you know from a a movie that came out before 2000 which uh other than hercules or at least a new world you know something from really far back something off the wall and bizarre like song of the south i'm just playing just playing (laughs) no (laughs) but you know something like the great mouse detective or You know, a lot of their older franchises do something really weird. Do like a, an, a Disney afternoon series. Like they, they do all the duck stuff. Like do a bigger duck world or go to Duck Burger. Or have or, the Muppets. Or that was to... that was my big dream was replace the Winnie the Pooh mini games with like Muppets mini games since they own the Muppets and they could do like rebuilding the theater. What about that Tailspin? was like my off the wall thing. You could do Tailspin. I mean, you could do the Jungle Book. There's there, there's so many worlds where it's like. What if do they did, some of the older ones and all they they've Tim really Burton, done? Tim Burton jump Dumbo. <laughs> that would be pretty bizarre. Okay, sorry, they, and all they've already done. Hmm. And all well, they all, they, all they've announced has been you know the the ones you would expect, right? I mean, everything since like their their new renaissance of Frozen and Wreck It Ralph and Big Hero Six and Tangled, everything from like, I mean, it makes sense because since those are the ones that have come out since the last Kingdom Hearts, but. It would also be nice to see more of their older history of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I agree. But, I agree. It's very pop now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just trying to think. Like, do do something weird and off the wall. But but who knows? Maybe there's still more to be seen. Probably not. But probably one I, I, more, maybe, I would hope. You know, I don't know. Yeah, there, there, there's probably at least one more. Um, I, I don't think there's probably enough time to really do a Moana world, but I could see them announcing that. I see. But at uh, the same time, Pirates probably fills the world, the sea world. Right. So, so yeah, it'll probably just be Pirates. Pirates, and, Pirates and, was and, a know, weird that's pick. That. Pirates was a weird pick. I agree with you. I don't want to see that, but whatever. It's what we got. Um, anyway. Uh, and maybe they do a Star Wars world and really surprise people. But That would be that sick. Would be... That would be really sick. They should. They really should. Why not? What's the downside? I don't know. What's the downside of that? Okay, so um, and it would be space, which would be unique. You know, I don't know. I'd be into that. Do they have an underwater world yet for this one? Not you, not really. I mean, pirates. I think you can go under the water, but I don't think it's like under the water. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The combat in that game looks amazing. I gotta say, like, okay, everybody that's not big into Kingdom Hearts that saw this game likes to talk about how janky the camera still is. Fuck you, dude. The gameplay is so fun in that game. Um, and I can't wait. I, I mean, I think it's held up, even if they fiddled with it a little. Like playing the HD remasters, it was was a great experience. So yeah, I know. I'm 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 in the midst of them now, and I, I love it. One and and um, this the card game um, was just oh man, they were so good. I'm so glad you encouraged me to get through my initial problems with that card battle system and play that because man, did I have a good time. I mean, it's a learning curve, especially coming right off of the other game and it looking the exact same. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like ah, oh, my sword won't swing. Fuck. You know, oh wait, I gotta use a card. Okay, um, so 
Uh, we Happy Few got a new trailer. We talked about that. Cuphead, there is a delicious last course reveal. There's a new playable character, Miss Chalice, who's already been in the game. I don't play that game. I hear it's really good. It's mostly a boss battle run, but it's in this really good, like, old-school animation art style. Did you ever play it? Um, what was it? Sorry, I was Cup- looking up something. No problem. Cuphead. Cuphead? No, I haven't played it yet. I'd like to. Um... Battletoads return. That looks kind of interesting, but we didn't see one picture of anything. So there's really nope, nothing just, to talk just about. Just it exists. Yeah. Theoretically. Same thing with a game called skateboarding. A game called Session. Um, everybody wants Tony Hawk. Everybody wants Skate Five or whatever it is. But nope, we're getting Session, and it's supposedly very technical. Um, Tunic was a big standout. Did you see Tunic? Yeah, that looks fun. It's like a 3D Zelda, but like with this little fox, and he's cute as shit. It's supposed to always also be kind of hard. Um, so that looks really cool on the indie side. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, um, that's uh, coming next year. A lot of people are a little disappointed it's not coming out sooner. Um, the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. This is a weird thing. Um, what do you think about this whole thing with... Um, uh, 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 what's that developer? Don't not. Don't whole, not. Yeah, I mean it's like a life is strange, life is strange inner quill type of thing that is separate. I have it downloaded. It's like a two-hour story, so I just need to. I want to have like two hours to sit and play it. Um, but I think you, it looks interesting. It looks like it's gonna. It's designed to make you sad. I, yeah, I know you're gonna play it, but like, do you really want to hang out with a kid and his drunken, abusive father whose mother died? Like, do you really want to? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know you're going to play it, but man, it is like when you're ready for a downer, like hit play. Yeah. So we'll see how that. I just don't find any of that that compelling. I don't know what it is, but I just hanging out with like a 13 year old kid who likes superheroes. I don't know. It just doesn't seem fun to me, but I, I thought it was an odd choice, but whatever. Maybe it's very charming and um, disarmingly honest or something like that. I've heard good things. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's going to be what well, the interesting thing about Life is Strange is they see that as a universe, not as like those characters. So Life is Strange is like a vibe um, and a type of game as opposed to like you know, the story of Chloe and anyway. All right. Right. Um, Nier Automata is coming on Xbox. Uh, Maybe you'll finally play it. Maybe. No, probably not. Okay. Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. I don't even remember this being announced, but that's cool because I played it. It, Yeah, I mean, it's their one (laughs) Tales game, so I guess if you want to try to keep an RPG credit of some sort, it makes sense. Yeah, there we go. Uh, New Sea of Thieves content's coming. Um, Black Desert gets an Xbox release date. I don't know what Black Desert is. MMO. Um, okay, cool. And that's it for Microsoft, who had a pretty darn good showing. I mean, I front-loaded this conversation with a lot of the best stuff, but if you can, if you want to think about it and you didn't watch it, just think Cyberpunk closed the show in a one-more-thing moment, and man, it was exciting, because nobody knew it was coming. It was, it was, it was great. They also had a really good indie showcase right in the middle where it was really brief flashes of a bunch of interesting-looking games that you kind of have to go hunt for yourself. But there was one that I I need to go back and look for that looked very Advance Wars in how it was presented. Mm. Um, So uh, there's some interesting stuff in there, but nothing specific to pull out. Right. Okay, uh, let's go to – is it – was it Bethesda or Ubisoft next? I think it was Bethesda, right? No, it was Ubisoft. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. No, I think it was Ubisoft. I think you're right. We'll go to Ubisoft real quick here um, and run through that. Uh, So I have to say Ubisoft maybe had the most theatrically impressive conference. Did you watch it? Uh, Yes. I thought it was cool, man. Didn't you dig that bear coming out and dancing for Just Dance at the beginning? It, you know, they, they, Ubisoft, I'm trying to remember specifically. No, 
I think Ubisoft acquitted themselves. One of the one of the presentations was a lot of really awkward people trying to speak, but Ubisoft did all right. No, I think that was this. No, it wasn't maybe this one. I think that was Bethesda. Yeah, it was. But Ubisoft did have a really funny thing. This is one of my favorite things from the show. Did you notice that between the little uh, presentations, people would leave the stage and their mics would still be on? And they'd be like, yes, we nailed it. Did you hear that? Yeah, occasionally. That was awesome. And they go off the stage and like, we did it, man. Nice speech. And you could like, hear them say it. It was pretty funny. Okay. So anyway, it was very theatrical and, and, and really – I mean they always do that. When I worked for Ubisoft briefly, there was a um, – Assassin's Creed 3 was – no, no, excuse me. It was before Assassin's Creed 3 was announced. It was uh, Revelations. And uh, they had like a guy come on stage. This was at PAX, the event that I went uh, for. And they had Adam Sessler come out and talk about Revelations. Like they really try to be star-studded with their stuff. Um, and like they don't mind spending money, you know. They also had—I forget the guy's name—but he does the uh, he the the song trailers where like uh, where like you know like like Assassin's Creed they'll come out and they'll be like uh, they'll be like I am going to stab you dramatically. Do you remember that dude? You know what I'm talking about? He's like a YouTube guy. Yeah, I don't know his name, but anyway, he was. They brought him to it, and he played his song on there. And anyway, it was interesting. Um, so, Just Dance 2019. They didn't say anything about it. They just showed that it's coming out, which is kind of all they have to do. It's still being released on Wii. Can you believe that? Can you believe? <laughs> I that? mean, it must have an audience, right? I of course, a fucking why not, right? Why not release it on Wii? There's no. got to be people who are like, Just Dance is our party game. We get people together. We always play it, and the new one is out. Let's go buy it for our Wii. It's got new songs in it. Okay. Uh, Division 2, we already sort of talked about that. It's more Division. It looks cool. Now you get a special class-specific weapon that's really badass. You don't get it till end game. They're really end game focused, etc. Uh, it's so- probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Skull and Bones is coming out. Um, that is like direct competitor to Sea of Thieves, except instead of being fun and lighthearted, it's dark it's, and gloomy. I mean, it's the black. Fl- it's Black Flag. Yeah, it is not Assassin's Creed. And I but, certainly and fleshed out. Yes, but I certainly do not want to play even one minute of it. I don't know about you. I enjoyed the boat combat in yep. Assassin's Creed Me Four, too. but I don't need a whole game of it. And I do not need to play it against other people. God no. Um, okay, and speaking of another thing I don't want to play, because it's not not single-player, For Honor has a new expansion coming out. Apparently that game is pretty popular, hard to believe, but true. Here was an interesting piece of news. Starlink Battle for Atlas. For... Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> I would say For Honor, I don't think is... I think it's doing all right, but you know that they're giving away so much stuff for free. Yeah. Like, trying to get the install base. You didn't see the Rainbow Six Siege guy come out and go, and we're giving it away for free. No, that game has a $35 million install base, and it's like, it's doing fine. Yeah, yeah. No, Siege is, Siege is, uh, Siege is balling along, man. People are about some Siege. Um, okay. Uh, so anyway, Starlink was announced. Uh, excuse me, not announced. Starlink was, uh, there was a big announcement about Starlink. Do you, are you pumped for this at all? Because cause Toys to Life is, like, not a thing anymore, except apparently it is. For Ubisoft, um, everyone's gonna have business. Much to my chagrin, because I love Lego Dimensions. I love no, I don't, but I liked Skylanders. Uh, I I thought um, Dim- uh, uh, Disney Infinity was probably the least good of the three in my mind, game wise. Um, but boy, do I miss Dimensions. It really sucks that didn't catch on. Toys to Life's well, kind of dead, right? Play the games again. You know they've released Disney's Incredibles and they've released. Uh... They, they announced Lego DC Villains. So yeah, that's kind of cool. They're just going back to the old model, which I'm fine with. 
I guess, but it was a little different. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I'm fine with it, too. I guess. Um, but Starlink is this interesting Toys to Life game where you actually, like, on your controller, hook on little, like, pieces of spaceships that you upgrade, like plastic spaceships. And, like, when you add a missile to the side of your ship, like, you get that missile power up in the game. And then also, here's something interesting, though. If you don't want to play Toys to Life, you can buy digital-only versions of the shit. Um, and, like, buy, like, you know, your ship parts online only so you don't have to have a bunch of plastic stuff in your house. So well, that's, that's a good that's a good move. <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, anyway, Star Fox was announced. And, once again, Shigeru Miyamoto was brought out on stage. And this time a little more awkward because they, they dropped the bomb on him. They were like, hey, Shigeru, by the way, the whole team that developed uh, Starlink Battle for Atlas is backstage and they all want to meet you right now. Can we invite you back? Will you come back with us? And he's like, uh, uh, and you know, he needs a translator. He's like, he's like, fuck, you just gave me this super nice R wig. I guess I have to. Yes, yes, that's exactly what it was like. Um, but there, the the synergy between Ubisoft and uh, Nintendo is really on point. Um, but anyway, that that Star Fox thing is only uh, when you play it on Switch. So. Um, no surprise. Yeah, and so you'll be able to play as Fox McCloud and his whole crew, and it'll be actually integrated into the game. Um, Trials Rising. I'm actually a pretty big Trials fan. We never talk about this game on the podcast, but recently Trials Evolution was released free. Not Evolution. Fusion was released Fusion, free yeah. as part of one of those, I guess, maybe Xbox, I think. Um, maybe it was PlayStation. Games with Gold. I mean, I have it. I yeah, have that, but... and I have Trials of the Blood Dragon. So Yeah, me too. Um, they're fun. I like them for about five hours each. I'm kind of looking forward to playing some more. I love those games. I really do. Until they get too hard. When they get too hard, they're not fun anymore for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mario and Rabbids has DLC. Are you enjoying that? You've been playing that, right? Oh, yeah, I guess you're going to talk about it a little later? A little bit, yeah. No, I've been enjoying it. Okay, cool. Uh, Transference. Um, oh, this looks really cool. So, it's no longer just a VR-only horror game. It's this really cool, uh, I thought, um, sort of like real actors, like sci-fi game that you can like i don't know it just looks really cool to me did you see that one yeah we'll we'll have to see how it shakes out i guess yeah but anyway it looks cool to me um and then uh the crew too they talked about um a bit why does this not have everything because this is missing oh here it is um the uh beyond good beyond good and evil 2 this was a big deal um, because they started this new thing they actually brought out speaking of star studded um, the dude from Batman, what's his name? Uh, not Christian Bale, the dude that played, uh, Gordon's son, or, or no, who did he play? I'm embarrassing myself. L- Gordon-Levitt. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, right, yeah. for the, for the, for Beyond Good and Evil, too. Yeah. so for press record, he's got this thing, or play record, or record now, or whatever it is, that thing he does, where he crowdsources art, which I just think is kind of silly, but, uh, it's a laudable goal, I just can't imagine it's, the product is that great. But basically, they're asking everybody to help make Beyond Good and Evil 2. So they're like, yeah, you want to make like a piece of a song that goes in the game? Contribute, and you'll get a 20-cent commission for doing it. Um, it's weird. I don't know. But I was cool no, to see him. No, it really him. is. It was cool to see him. He's- no, um, you know, we'll see what it ends up being like. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think about Beyond Good and Evil 2, though? Um, I, you know, they haven't shown gameplay really yet. <laughs> A little Still. bit, a little bit. A they little bit. The ship and, it, and then they drop in and do some fighting. They keep pr- like like talking and talking about how cool it is that you can go up into the stratosphere and then come right down to Earth, jump off your ship, and immediately battle. 
Like that's all I ever hear about that game. I never hear like what the point is. But it looks like looks like um they showed that Jade is back though. That's one of like the big yes. The big though, it's also it's apparently a prequel. I don't so I'm get not, it. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is anymore. I I don't get it. I don't know how there's a prequel and like she's there with her staff. I thought that anyway. Apparently she's gonna be like evil in this. I think I don't know. I don't know. She looks kind of yeah. evil. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, it's that's still way up in the air and at least two years out, so maybe three. I can't wait to play it when it comes out. When it comes out, it, you know. Um, and then they officially announce Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which really should just be called Odyssey at this point because you do not even have a hidden blade and you are not an assassin. <laughs> definitively, <laughs> definitively you are not an assassin because this game takes place significantly before Assassin's Creed Origins. And even in that game, you are just establishing the Assassin's Order. So, um, ergo, you are not an assassin, and you have this weird, like, like scepter weapon instead of a hidden blade. But, on the flip side, as a game, it looks really fun. Um, and it's a very RPG-heavy. Although, I gotta say, it looks just like Assassin's Creed Origins. Like, I almost... If you put them both side to side and I didn't know this game was coming out, I might be like, that's a DLC, right? Is that that... Is that that dlc that i didn't buy for assassin's creed origins and i just don't recognize it for that reason like it looks just like origins but everybody that went there and played it raves about it and i liked origins you never played it though did you not yet you're gonna have to do that i think i'll get to it maybe yeah maybe <laughs> i never did i never i played maybe three of the memory strands of unity and and bailed so i might not ever get to it but who knows no but unity's different you know what I mean? Unity is pretty much universally maligned. They put out a whole video Ubisoft did. Like, we're sorry. We know this game sucks for 15 minutes. And, like, they discussed, like, why it disappointed everybody and stuff. So that's that is that's that. Did I miss anything else from Ubisoft? Um, nothing comes to immediate mind. Okay. Um, let's talk about... Um, let's, I'm just going to run through Bethesda super quickly because we're taking forever on all this stuff. Um, Doom Eternal... Um, it was announced. That's basically Doom 2. Are you excited about this? Heck yeah, I love Doom. Awesome! Doom is so good. You finally finished it too, didn't you? I did finish Doom, yes. I was not that far from the end either, so I was like, man, I should have just gotten through this. Because uh, then I was left kind of wanting more. Yeah. Which I think is why I went to Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you finish the first one? Finish the first Wolfenstein, and yeah. And you're working on New Colossus. Yes. Okay, cool. Because now I'm hyped because they announced... Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which I we don't know what that is. Uh, one one thing I well, it's a it's eighty set co op campaign. Yeah, yeah, but if it's a sequel though, or, or excuse me, it takes place after the Wolfenstein one and two games. So therefore, but it's not Wolfenstein three. A lot of people think there's still going to be a Wolfenstein three. Is that right? I don't know. Um, I don't know how New Colossus ends. Uh, a lot of the plot seems to suggest he won't survive it, but maybe he does. He probably doesn't. So this might be the, the closest to a full continuation. Interesting. I didn't... Okay, because I... Some people that have played New Colossus were on one of those podcasts talking about, like, they still think there's going to be a three. But actually, I've heard pretty mixed mixed impressions on that. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but anyway, both those games look super good, um, but we don't know when we're getting them. I think, I think Wolfenstein is next year, but I don't know when we're getting Doom Eternal. Did they say next year? I'm not sure about that. I don't think so. No, I don't think so, but I'm not sure off the top of my head. And it was just sort of like a, a story trailer. It wasn't any kind of like in-depth thing. Um, yeah, neither was Youngblood. I mean, they were both just sort of like, these games are being made. Right, which is exciting. A lot of, Bethesda did a lot of that this year, which is fine. They also showed off Quake Champions, and uh, yeah, I don't care at all. 
Uh, not to be a dick, but like, boy, do I not care. Um, it's just not a game either of us are there for. Exactly. Actually, apparently, not a lot of people are there for it. Um, nothing, nothing against it, but apparently, it needs it needs some help. Um, here was my favorite announcement of. I mean, of course, bar- barring the stuff everybody's pumped about, but my favorite, like, personal announcement was that Prey is continuing in some fashion. Um, so Prey Moon Crash was released. This was another one of those stealth releases. It's it's out, um, and it turns out it is actually a and and Prey didn't come out last year. Prey came out in 2016, um, and right didn't it? No, Prey was last year. Was Prey last year? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, it didn't. This this deal. It was early last year. Anyway, um, mid mid to early last year. So. Um, for them to be continuing Prey when, when the, all the buzz was that it didn't sell very well, I've actually heard that corrected, that it actually sold better than you might think. Like, it sold medium well. Um, but I was always really worried, because I just... Those procedural games, that, and Dishonored, and Bioshock, and all that stuff are my favorite, favorite, favorite. And if Prey just died on the vine, I was going to be really disappointed. Um, but no, they, it looks like they, they still want to build that franchise. Um, Moon Crash is this cool new DLC, and what happens is there's five characters, four or five characters. They're all different, and each one of them represents an archetype or a build of the way you could have built your Prey character. Um, and so what you would do is you go through as that character and like learn how to escape this moon base. And it's a simulation. So as soon as you die, it starts over, and then you learn what you learned do it again and so you have to take five characters one after another to escape the base but really you have to take each of those characters use their unique skills to learn the whole base and what's everywhere so that you can then put together a final perfect run for the final run through and escape Mm -hmm. with all the people i think it looks really cool i i really would like to try it out i just haven't downloaded prey again and i never finished prey because i feel like it gets a little bloated towards the middle but this looks like a more accessible way to play it that's the idea right is is to take what's great about prey and get rid of some of that backtracking and bloat i love that game i bloated out as far as i'm concerned but i get your point a lot of people had that same impression i think like the number of people that finished half of that game is like enormous compared to people that finished the whole game it also is mostly very hard people say i don't know i i once you learn it, it's not that way, but um, they, they gave us a deeper look into Rage 2. Uh, Rage... <laughs> what? 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 Rage 2. Bethesda had some awkward moments, but them oh, bringing God. out the band to perform the song and then the dead faces of the audience oh, God. was beautiful. Well, Andrew WK just isn't big anymore. So as awesome as he may be, like people don't really get like why he's rad. And I mean, go ahead. It's E3. You can bring out whoever you want. Is if they're not like showing off game footage, I think you're gonna get a pretty dead faced reaction. Okay. You think if you brought out Aerosmith, the place wouldn't go fucking nuts? I mean, maybe more than they went for Andrew WK, but I think <laughs> you'd still get a lot of dead faced people who are like, I could be at a different game showcase right now. Show me the game footage. <laughs> right man i'd be that way i mean that is really all i wanted to see was games um anyway rage 2 uh here's my take on rage 2 i liked rage 1 a lot if you if, if you f- uh dig up the old article uh, the old um episode when we all talked about it back in the day i was really high on that game did you play it uh pray uh not pray rage. Uh, rage i've never played rage uh, rage is super fun um it's basically like half half like maybe 40 percent demolition derby like driving battles like but but like on a track it wasn't like driving out in the middle of nowhere like the new mad max game but the developers of that new and half like combat really good tight uh it's software combat so the developers of mad max avalanche who also do uh, just cause um are doing this game with 
id. And the word is that the open world stuff's being handled by Avalanche, and id is still handling the battle and mechanics and, like, the level design when you're in an enclosed space. So to me, that sounds like a good match. I don't love the Avalanche open world games, though. Some people really dig them. I think they're... I tried Mad Max when it was free, and... I like it okay. I guess I didn't get that deep. I know Kelsey, uh, uh, former co-host Kelsey, Kelsey loved it. Um, you played a little of it, maybe? Uh, yeah. I was looking something up again. Which one Damn was it? it? Damn it. Um, Sorry, I was, this was for you. I wanted to send this. Oh, okay. But go ahead. Rage, uh, rage man. Uh, rage? No, I, I, I no, haven't no, played any Rage. No, I'm sorry. Not, not Rage. What was I just talking about? Mad Max. Mad Max. No, Mad Max I did not play. Okay. Well, Kelsey did. I would like to. Yeah, she loved it. All right. Um, and then um, Elder Scrolls Legends card game um, is, like, being redone. Elder Scrolls Online is getting Somerset. We don't play those games. Um, and then the big stuff was at the end. Are you ready for the big deals? Yeah. Fallout 76, are you pumped? Eh. I know. Here, Here's the thing. I didn't like Fallout 4 that much. And I, this I is probably either. built on Fallout 4. To some extent. I mean, it has to be as little amount of time as there's been. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of call out or fall out co-op. I love that idea. I'm not crazy about shared world and the whole nuking thing is still unclear. Well, here's what I've heard Todd Howard talk about this a lot. So the idea of this game is that you are um, like these are very small groups of people. So they'll be like. 20 people on the whole map and the map is gigundo four times the size of the fallout 4 map or something or 10 times something huge so you're very rarely unless you want to going to come in touch with people i heard another developer of the game saying that also you'll like this jordan that when you come in contact with another player if you don't feel like fighting you have the option to not fight so you although if the whole point of the game is to have it be multiplayer then maybe that's kind of not the point anyway you're, you're defeating the purpose but you can, like, say, I don't want to fight. And the other thing is, as far as, like, people could just, like, torture you. What do you call that? Griefing? Um, Griefing, yeah. Torture you. Well, in this game, you can't because even if you nuke somebody's town over and over again, first of all, the town can be rebuilt. Second of all, a nuke doesn't immediately kill you. It just irradiates the area. And if you leave, you don't die. So it's not as, like, devastating as you might think. What its real purpose is, um, is to, um, uh, Okay. Sorry, I've distracted you. you that that was just that it related to rage too. Oh, but okay, cool. yeah, yeah. sorry, go on with seventy six. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah. Seventy six. Um, when you irradiate an area, it turns it into a high level area. Um, so it it like all of a sudden it's hard to survive there. These really badass monsters come up. So basically, like you get these four launch codes, you put them all together, and then boom, you irradiate an area strategically to like then go there and fight like irradiated scorpions that give you mad experience. That's the concept. Sure. It just also seems like griefing would be easy where you could be like, I'm going to irradiate where your home base is. Over and over and over. Right. Um, so anyway, I'm not into it, but... Um, I, I will probably play it. I'll be honest. I like Fallout. I love the universe. And while I wasn't jazzed for fallout 4 i like the idea of playing it with people and maybe just getting to experience that oh so so the co-op part of it yeah that's what appeals to me okay well you can and that's what And the trailer's really good it did make me feel like excited for the game with the use of the song and the footage and the way they set it up Uh, it, it, it seems like it could be a lot of fun but we'll see 
Well, he seems, Todd Howard seems into it. Man, the, the one thing you got to say about this conference, Todd Howard was a rock star. Did you see him come out? And, like, there's been memes about it online. Have you seen these where they play, like, that song from the beginning of uh, CSI? Um, well, you know, like, dun 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 You know, and it's got him coming out in his leather jacket, and he's just like, and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Howard! And he comes out in his leather jacket looking badass. And, then, like, it's just, there's these really cool memes. And I saw a clip from, like, a, some game journalist showing Todd Howard that video, and Todd was like, damn, I look cool. Todd Howard's pretty cool, you gotta admit. Yeah, he, he's he's made, he's not quite like superstar level, but he, he he seems like it in the games industry. Yeah, he's 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 a cool, he's a uh, force to be reckoned with. Anyway, they announced in a funny way that there's going to be a um, Elder Scrolls um, uh, Alexa game. That was kind of a joke, but it's actually real. Um, Fallout Shelter is coming to the Switch and PS4 this year for free. Um, there's another Elder Scrolls game. Everybody was like, what, what? And they were like, the Elder Scrolls Blades on iOS. And yeah, then, that was, ooh. What? I just was like, uh, they, they spent so much time on that game. It was, that game looks, uh, I mean, it's silly. You literally, play it in portrait or landscape. <laughs> let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. That game doesn't, when you, when you actually go to play it, there's like arena mode, um, uh, 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 character selector, and then town. Town is the name of the main mode in that game. And what you do is you go to a town, and then you take missions like that take you out of your town to do dungeon dives, and then you come back to your town and build it up. No fucking thanks. I mean, some people are gonna probably love it and just want Elder Scrolls content, which is fine. I just that to me, I, I don't play mobile games anyway. I me either. Exactly, I don't play them, and they're gonna it's gonna have microtransactions. Uh, that's one of the reasons I don't play mobile games is I'd so much rather pay sixty dollars and never pay another penny and be able to enjoy the game. We've talked about this at length. I won't go into it further. But then the big announcements came up, although they were very short lived, and we found out, and this is very un untypical. Uh, atypical for uh, for Bethesda, but they announced the next two big games they're working on, and part of the reason they did this is because Fallout 76 is fucking controversial. Um, they said, we are doing traditional games. The first one is a new mysterious sci-fi property called Starfield. I cannot fucking wait for that. It's basically going to be what Fallout is to the apocalyptic world shooter, um, what, what Elder Scrolls is to fantasy RPGs, uh, Starfield is their sci-fi take, and I just can't wait to see it. Um, and then they then they put like a little teaser trailer for Elder Scrolls Six. Both of those games are basically next-gen games. They've said. Um, leaving it at that. Give me your thoughts. They exist. <laughs> I mean, wow, that was anticlimactic, man. I just I don't know what she, like they there was nothing. They I they know. showed nothing. They said these games exist. We have no idea what the the new IP really is, other than space themed and. Yeah, it's about time for Elder Scrolls Six. They, you know, it's been seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to get excited. I don't love. I, I, you know, I put in like 140 hours into Skyrim before I lost all my save data. But oh, even then, you know, I don't love Skyrim the way some people do. I would much rather play like Fallout, New Vegas, or, or three, I guess, but really New Vegas. The, um, and then. I mean, I will play Elder Scrolls Six, whatever it ends up being. It's just they they showed nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they showed a, uh, they showed what could have just been a high res shot of, I guess not Skyrim because it's snowy, but Oblivion. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I guess you're right. There's really there's really very little to that. I, I'm just excited. I mean, for its it. existence, its confirmation is the news, and that is good that they finally admitted that they're making. But but it's like you know. When Gearbox finally announces Borderlands 3, it's like, no one's going to be surprised. They'll just be happy they finally admitted it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited that they went against tradition and decided to say, fuck it, we're making these games. I like that they drew a line excuse me, a line in the sand and said, we're making Starfield. It's real. It's coming. Because now I know that they're going to have, much as they, they're trying to pretend like we won't be answerable to this, we're gonna, it's going to be years before you hear anything, we're, so just get ready. They're going to have to answer those questions over and over. So we're going to get a much, because they announced them, we're going to get a much more inside scoop on these games as they go along instead of just hearing about them a year before they come out. And that's interesting. Not even a year. I mean, Fallout 76 is coming out this fall. Well, I'm, so I'm talking about those two. No, I know, but I'm just saying they, they typically do announce stuff, and then it's like, oh, five months later is when it's coming oh, out. Oh, yeah, good point, good point. Um, and so in this case, we're going to have years of, like, what's this game? What's going on? Uh, uh, I mean, they'll be tight-lipped. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care. I mean, they've, they've, they've completely blackballed Kotaku. Um, Kotaku. Kotaku gets yeah. no advanced review copies. They're, they get no rev- interviews. They get invited to nothing simply because they have like a policy of breaking news and uh, uh, reporting on leaks from Bethesda stuff. Like that, they're dead because of that. And and whatever, that's a choice. I don't agree with the choice, but that's the choice they made. Um, anyway, anything else about Ubisoft? I'm gonna do a quick run through of Square Enix because it's literally nothing. Um, are you ready? For I, you it? know, every yeah, go ahead. Everyone was like really down on it, but I I, I kind of liked Square Enix. But go ahead. I didn't watch it, uh, so why don't you just tell me what was exciting about it? Because all I see is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy fourteen, two different things, Adventures of Captain Spirit, Dragon Quest eleven, which I'm super pumped for when it comes out, a new IP from Platinum called Babylon's Fall, um, a release date for Octopath, which is like next week. Um, and then quick looks at Just Cause Four, Kingdom Hearts, and The Quiet Man. Like, what am I? What am I missing? Because I didn't see. No, it. I mean, you know, I uh, here's what I'll say. A lot of people were like, you know, technically they didn't announce anything. It was all stuff we already knew about, and that's true. Except I think Babylon's Fall was new, mm-hmm. but and they didn't really show much from it. But I thought, you know, it's a solid lineup. I I didn't find it to be like, you know, that they had stuff to announce and stuff to talk about. So I was like happy with that. Um, I do think they were one of the weaker showings of the week, but I I thought it was a pretty strong showing all around. Okay. Um, with the exception of someone we're getting to, I guess. I like that hot take. I'm in. Uh, But I like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. The Kingdom Hearts was... uh, I liked because it was... Always good to see. I think I, I forget honestly at this point because one of the trailers was essentially the same with just a little extra footage, like Ratatouille. And I think that was the case with this one. But you know, a lot of their they 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 chose to let some of their big games show off at other conferences, and I think that's fine. I you know Square Enix is doing. I like Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. You did. I know you did, and that's exciting. I'm glad that I'm glad that that's a good game. I just don't have the time to play any MMO. You know. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, yeah, they were a fine conference. I thought they, the Quiet Man had a terrible trailer that told us nothing. It looks horrible, man. It was like the one of the jokes of the show, but whatever. I mean, you it know. It might be a good game. We don't know. Right. Exactly. We really, we really just, we just don't know. Okay. Well, the graphics didn't look great, so. So anyway, the second to last, um, although still a big one, was Sony. Um, and the biggest thing to say about the Sony conference was, man, it might have been awesome being there. But boy, was watching it janky and disjointed. Did you watch no, it? No, it was. Um, yes, it it 
I, I think, and you know, probably some people will disagree, but I think, and and I don't think it's through any fault of their own. I think they had a great showing last year, and they released a bunch of games in the past year. I don't think it was that great a showing from Sony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they showed off their big games that they'd already announced. Right. <laughs> um, but they didn't have a lot of like blow you away new stuff. I think Ghosts of Tsushima was that new. Uh, it's, right. It- not not an announcement, but we have never seen anything about it. But we knew it was yeah. coming because of like uh, I think it was at like the the place whatever they call their events that they do their their proprietary events like like earlier in the year or last year. Right. So I mean that's something that was newer in the sense of having not seen anything. But I mean, and we saw new footage for The Last of Us and Spider Man and Kingdom Hearts and um, what was the other big uh, Death Stranding. But I mean that that was kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I get what you're saying. Here's what I think. If I had been there and I had seen – that's why I started by saying for people that were watching, it was whack. But if I had been there in that church and then and, – and felt kind of hot outside and then they showed that footage of that kiss that started the show, that – that kiss um, in that starts off The Last of Us Part Two's trailer, and she goes, you know, um, a lot of these people in you are scared. A lot of these people in here are scared of you. And she goes, what? Scared of me? And then she's just like, yes. Um, and if they really knew you, they'd be terrified. I mean, it was impactful. And if I heard that, and then and then that footage was like. <laughs> the most gory, violent, visceral fucking stuff. And then they had that guy come out and play the banjo music, which, again, as a viewer far away, didn't sound great to me. But, like, if I'd been there, it probably would have set this amazing, evocative mood. Which is why I think that I noticed a disconnect between people that were there talking about it and people that were not there talking about having seen it. Um, because it really would have been a cool experience. Now, what do I think that from a PR perspective or a marketing perspective it was a smart move? No, definitely not. Because the real point of E3 these days is to basically have a media showcase for everybody everywhere watching because that's infinitely more people. Now, when it comes to your announcements, sure, the press needs to be happy about those announcements and get the word out for you. But when it comes to the actual conference that you're streaming live to everybody, don't start it at one location and then have a 30-minute wacko uh, intermission and then move locations. So I think from a a fiscal – that's not the right word. From a a logistics perspective, it was a disaster. Um, Games-wise, though, they told us what we were going to get. They said we're going to show you like four games – and, like, in-depth, this isn't going to be about new games. Now, I'm not saying that excuses the fact that there's no announcements, but at least, like, we kind of knew what we were going to get, right? No, I mean, I'm not even saying it's a bad way to go. I think what they showed off was great. I think The Last of Us 2 looks great. The technical, both content-wise and the technical specifications of how good that kiss looked are really impressive from a, you know, progress in game standpoint. Because kissing looks super awkward in most every video game. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man looks a lot of fun. Ghost of Tsushima looks great. Death Stranding is still an incomprehensible mess, but it's definitely looking, you know, a little more clear what gameplay might maybe be like. I mean, like, those individual games look great, but it's just, you know, people always give Microsoft so much shit for, like, whiffing or not having enough, and this was like, they, they, they didn't really show off a lot new, but everyone's just like, you know, whatever, it's, it's, I, there, it's a little frustrating that there's an, and I'm not even super loyal to Microsoft anymore, but it's like this, this narrative of, 
Microsoft like gets the shit kicked out of them, and Sony can do no wrong sometimes. Well, I mean, the reality is, I think I don't know the exact numbers, but it's something like eighty million PS4s and fifty million or forty million or even less P- uh, Xboxes because they don't talk, they won't tell you anymore how many they've sold because it's gotten to be embarrassing. Xbox destroyed uh, the generation before this; they destroyed the PS3. This gen, PS4 took it. That's over. That's a foregone conclusion. We know that. So it yeah, is. Um, so yeah, yeah. Sony Sony won this generation. That's fine. Whatever. Um, but beyond that, maybe I'm that, still honestly, ahead. I'm still just bitter that people had such a negative reaction to all of the legitimately cool stuff that Microsoft wanted to do with this generation, but you know didn't get to because they they completely changed their plans and then they completely nerfed their system and now it's not even what it was when they sold it. Which which right? And people and- still give them shit for that when it's like, no, it probably would have been pretty sweet because if you see the stuff they have done, like Game Pass and the fact that you can share digital games, it's like, no, they really wanted to make it a very open, shareable experience. But people got so freaked out over the um, no used games thing and over that you got to be online to play stuff. Um, and 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 now everything's going that way anyway. They were just you know a lot of times. Um, when you look at ba- like wars, when you look at politics, a lot, and you look at entertainment, especially, it's all about timing, right? And the timing of what Microsoft wanted to do, it was too soon, unfortunately. Um, and now all this stuff's happening. Streaming consoles are going to come, and Microsoft had all those ideas earlier, and they're probably really pissed too, more than you even, you know? Um, yeah. That, that like they had all these great ideas, and they didn't get to come to fruition. Now. You know, Sony somewhat won this console cycle on saying, we're the gamer console. We're not going to steal your used games from you, Joe Gamer. We know it's all about freedom and games, and, you know, you guys are going to come to us, and we're going to give you what you want, which is just the core gaming experience. You go and buy it, then you sell your used games. Rock on, right? That was their attitude. And now... What do you know that uh, five, four or five years down the road, they're, they're the only console that's stopping you from playing fucking Fortnite on Switch. It's fucked yeah. up. Um, and a lot of people are pointing that out, that they had this video they played back in the day, like, look how free and open and cool we are to gamers. And now, if you ever opened your Fortnite account that you paid maybe hundreds of dollars for aesthetic items on, you now cannot ever use those items you already paid for on Switch. Wow, is that shitty. And everybody knows that's shitty. But PlayStation's just like, we have an 80 million install base. We really don't want to change our mind on this, but, like, the press is getting really toxic. Fuck, what do we do? Um, and that's where they're at. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. No, I'm with you on that. Um, I think, though, that for, an, for a thing, for you know, in a lot of ways, PlayStation it was very smart this generation, mainly because they stood, stood to their guns and they continued doing first-party hardcore development. Nowhere else could God of War ever have been made. And it's one of the greatest games ever made, in my opinion. Nowhere else could Uncharted 4 ever, ever get made. These are games that just couldn't happen if it weren't for PlayStation because of the budgets, because of the development cycles, because of the money, man. I said budget, same thing. But And, and the resources and the the just the the, the 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 talent that's been nurtured for 15 years at some of these studios. This just couldn't happen elsewhere. Ghost of Tsushima, we'll see how that turns out. It looks pretty cool so far. It looks gorgeous. Um, but, like, these games, they, they, they were so smart to bank on that. Days Gone is coming. Last of Us is coming. Ghost of Tsushima is coming. And you can't play those games anywhere else. That's it. You just can't. Um, and that is just a huge win for them. That was a really smart move on their part. 
Um, Microsoft's trying to play catch up. So that was innovative of them. Another innovative thing it seems like they're doing with this con, as we talk about it, I see it more than more, is they were like, you know what? We don't have a lot of new stuff to show, but we'll just do this by our own terms. We'll tell you we're not going to show you new stuff up front. Isn't that ballsy of us? We're going to then um, change locations midstream. Isn't that forward thinking and cool of us? Aren't we edgy? And then we're going to, instead of showing you 50 games, we're going to show you eight games and show four of them super in depth and you know there is some credit to that like it is cool that we saw a lot of ghost of tsushima it's cool that we saw that interactive thing with last of us and then you know that 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 awesome trailer which was you know it moved a lot of different movements forward you know gaming most of all i mean so i just think there's a lot of value in the conference as well i get your point though i'll say this though um sony did have my game of the show Uh oh i know what it is yeah, they showed off, um, honestly, what might be game of the year next year, Resident Evil 2 Remake. Oh my god, does that look good? Uh, yeah, let's give, I'll give Sony some props. That looks like next level remake, especially when you see that trailer, when you see the gameplay footage they've got, just, they're, they're doing honor to like the original, but also just making it so modern and cool looking, and I, I just really want to play that game now. I know. I know. Well, it's coming out early next year, so it's really soon. And it looks right like it's in the gonna... window. So many things. So many things in the beginning of next year. It looks like it's going to be straight up Resident Evil Four meets Resident Evil Two. And what do you want? You know. Like... I mean, yeah, it's it's what the Resident Evil Seven engine with Resident Evil Four gameplay, Resident Evil Two content, but really leaning into the survival horror. Um, it's just, yeah, it looks beautiful. I, I hope there's a mode where I can make every herb count for two and not have to like conserve my resources. <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I, I I know that like survival horror fans love having only nine bullets instead of the 25 you need, but uh, I don't know if that's not ever my favorite part, but I love these games. I never played a game that actually scared me like Resident Evil 4 and 2 scared me. They actually create a mood that is creepy enough that I'm genuinely scared, and I love that. I just And it's, I mean, it's funny nowadays looking back, because I've been playing Resident Evil 4, and it's like... Because I, I, I definitely remember being very scared of it, and now I'm just playing, and it's like, mm, this game is showing its age in terms of, like, a lot of elements of how goofy it can be, as well as, like, you can really see, the, again, I think I've mentioned this before, but just the more game elements to it of how the combat works and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you mean, like, uh, walking across a certain line and then the monsters pour out, that kind of thing? That, or, you know, the, the way that the enemies are, like, set up to, like, approach you at different speeds and, like, give you the room you need... Um, mm, yeah, that is gamey as hell. Like, they, like in real life, if there were those kind of monsters coming, they would all just come, you know? And then also just how kind of... I mean, it's it's like, it is, at the time, and the mood is very scary, but then you play it, and it's like, it's very B-movie cheesy uh, in a lot of places. I guess. I get freaked out when I see that dude, uh, Seymour or whatever, like, turn into that horrible monster. I'm like, that's so terrible. Fuck. But, like, then you have stuff like the, you know, the random drill car that tries to kill Ashley at one point, or the big platform on two giant wheels that you roll across lava. It's like, it has goofier elements in it. I mean, that game, also, I'm near the end of it, so that game is way stronger in, like, the before you, up through the castle is when it's the strongest. Yeah. And then after that, it's really like, oof. You're not about the island? No, the island where everyone has guns and you have to fight. Like, multiple faces of Krauser, who... Oh, Krauser's a bitch. Krauser's a huge bitch with his fucking knife, goddammit. <laughs> but that. no, Resident Evil 2, you know, for how I felt about the end of Resident Evil 7, I overall do think it was a very good game. Um, and I just, like, this remake for 2 looks phenomenal. It, it was, I think, yeah, without... 
uh, I mean, I, I was even trying to think, and it's like, no, I think that was my game of show, just because I'm so excited for it. Yeah, it, it's it's up there for me. It's top three for sure. I mean, I just cannot wait to play that game. That just looks. There's one thing. It's definitely top three for things. If I could sit down and play right now, I would play. Um, it just looks amazing. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, if I can get any game, it would be Kingdom Hearts three. But yeah, Resident right. Evil two would be in the top three probably. Right. Right. Um, uh, Destiny two Forsaken. They're killing Cade. That sucks. I guess they maybe they'll bring him back. We'll see. Um, it was pretty dramatic at the time. They're doing a lot of things in Destiny two, but you got to understand, Jordan and world and listeners. Um, when I am not into Destiny two, it is like the ex girlfriend that I never want to see again. Um, it it's just I I hate that game or I love that game and there's no in between. So right now I hate it and I don't want to even talk about it. And that's all I got to say right. about that. Um, Neo 2 was announced. Um, that's cool. People like Neo. I have it. I haven't played much of it because it's really challenging and I wasn't in the right mood. Um, Control was announced. Um, that is the new game from uh, the Quantum Break developers Remedy. And yep. um, it looks like Quantum Break to me. But it actually takes place in this place called like the White Hotel or something, which is supposedly some real place. And like the whole game, uh oh, I'm getting some uh, 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 Spider-Man Edge of Time or whatever it was called uh, references. The whole game takes place in one building, Jordan. I think this game looks interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't love Quantum Break, but Mm-mm. I liked Alan Wake. So yeah, I like Quantum Break uh, somewhat, but again, like the gameplay was. It's not not all that. I hope the gameplay is much better in this. We will see. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited for it. Cool. Um, I don't know what... Oh, yeah, Trevor Saves the World. It's a Brick and Morty thing, but it's PSVR, so we probably won't play it. Um, We got an... Oh, okay. So the last two games we got to talk about. Um, Number one, uh, Marvel Spider-Man. This game is coming out in, like, two months. Um, I guess it just just goes... It's just easy to say we're going to play the shit out of it, both of us, right? Yeah. I mean, are, are you, like, insanely hyped, being that you love Spider-Man like you do, or are you just, like, pretty hyped? I'm I'm going to play it. I Honestly, I think the story's going to be really strong, but I, I just, I've not seen anything that really makes me think they're doing something, like, groundbreaking with Spider-Man. Me neither. I Every- think it looks like a lot of the Beanox games, just maybe a little more polished, and they've probably done more with the combat, but I just, I keep looking at it, and I'm like... It looks like a fun Spider-Man game, but it doesn't look like a groundbreaker like Arkham Asylum. Here's what I always see uh, when I see the, the footage of that game. I see um, a game that looks like it plays kind of like the last Spider-Man game played, very similar to that. Um, it's going to be a little more Sunset Overdrive-y and cool and, 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 and vibrant, but when I see that city, it looks like the city from every Spider-Man game the last couple of years. because it's Manhattan. Right. It's Manhattan. You can't... It's Manhattan. You can't change Manhattan. It's iconic. Right. It's it's a real place. Right, right. Um, But here's the thing. Um, Everybody that's played that game says that it's insanely good. When When I've just seen it, it just looks okay, but the people that have played it say it plays like a dream. So I'm just... I have really high hopes, although I don't have any proof you know myself that it's going to be that good but i'm really i'm really excited i hope it's good and one of the things that has me really excited is how soon it's coming out because i really want something to play soon yeah a no that'll be nice like it's 100 percent a game i plan to pick up i'm just like right now going i have to play it before i can probably get that jazzed about it yeah. i mean i'm excited mr negatives in the game i'm excited at, like they're really going for a lot of big name spider-man characters and villains but yeah. miles is in the game there's a lot to like i'm just like i i just I can't get excited about it because it doesn't 
look groundbreakingly fun to play. I agree. I'm sure it's fine to play even. Like, like my impression, I mean, hearing other people say that it's more groundbreaking is good, but even if it wasn't, I'd be like, you know, it'll probably be fun. Yeah. I enjoyed my time with stuff like Amazing Spider-Man 2, and that's not a very good game, but it was fun enough. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'll always play a Spider-Man game. Amen to that. Um, and then, last but not least, Death Stranding. So, we finally got to see quote-unquote gameplay. And from the game and i have a little little data after this that you may not know yet or you may um but basically this is hideo kojima's game and if you listen to our podcast you you know games enough to know who he is he does metal gear games he doesn't he's not with konami anymore every game he's ever made is pretty beloved even zone of the enders um his he did snatcher and, and police knots also he's he's very prolific and and not prolific he's very uh his games are highly lauded this is his new like game but the big worry and jordan you've brought this up a lot is that he is unchecked now he has nobody telling him that his crazy ideas are too crazy he's got no budget really he's it's the sky's the limit he can have any actor he wants he can do any plotting he wants he can have anything he wants somehow um and what is that going to be a good thing for kojima or did he need to be grounded more from the looks of this trailer and the and the footage we saw, you met your 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 worries may be founded. I mean, look, maybe it'll all come together, but I also think he already had started kind of going in weird places. I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five doesn't really have an ending, and I haven't finished it, but even at the start, it's a little incomprehensible, and he just seems to want to just do whatever he wants. And this happens. Like the less oversight you get especially the more famous you get, the the, the wider your stuff can get. I th- now, for hardcores, they're probably going to love it no matter what and be super into it, and, you know, they're going to be like, no, here's all the reasons, it's great. But right now, it's like, we have no idea. <laughs> we have a little more of an idea with the whole, like, beasts coming through from other dimensions and you, like, need babies to get around so safely, pretty, apparently. So pretty much, it's been pretty much confirmed that a big aspect of this game, I've heard a lot of people talking about it in different podcasts, so theoretically what it is is Norman Reedus is a delivery man essentially and they confirm that in the trailer and he is delivering lots of stuff he delivers coffins he delivers boxes he delivers technology whatever it is he delivers shit Um, and with him he has a baby and it's been pretty much confirmed that that baby is him Um, so it has something to do with like the cognition that you get by carrying around another form another version of yourself so, like, somehow that gives him sight that he wouldn't normally have. The other thing is there's, like, um, the idea of uh, death stranding is stranding is this thing that whales do. Um, so they, they strand themselves on, um, and I, on, the, on the beach for no discernible reason. They call it stranding. Um, it's called death stranding because they do it and then it, they die. Um, and so in this game, we have these monsters from a dimension that butts up against ours, probably these black creatures, and they strand themselves in our world. And we don't know why that's happening, or maybe we do. And then I think he's also playing on this idea of strand as a strand of string. Because he said other games are about, I forget what, but this game's about strings, he said. So that's interesting. Um, what we know the gameplay to be so far is basically like Breath of the Wild-esque um, walking and like traversing difficult terrain that you can just walk up any mountain climb any mountain to deliver stuff and then three quarters of the way through the trailer we see him um come up against the first enemies in the game which are these these black monsters and he basically like turns on his baby self or the baby and there's this little like machine meter thing that like flashes light which lets him see where the the enemies are in flashes so that he can use stealth to get by them 
Now, now here's a little tidbit I learned later. Turns out that Hideo Kojima said there are guns in the game. It's just not the best way to take down situations, but guns are available. So there will be traditional combat in this game, which is, I, I don't know why, but that that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. What do you think of what I just said? I, I, I'm not a super fan with Hideo Kojima, so it's like, I, I just want to see more concrete. Like, game, uh, game honestly, play. it's... Yeah, because like the, the big the biggest thing to me is that, and you know, what was the word? Um, I think Metal Gear Solid Two is a masterpiece. Like I played it, and I think it is games as art, and I think he makes a very solid point with it and expectations. I love that game, but you know that's the only game of his I've I've super loved. I I couldn't get into Metal Gear Solid Three and Four and Five was really fun, but obviously he didn't get to finish whatever his vision there was really, and. Silent Hills probably was a game I would have been way more hyped for than Death Stranding, because Death Stranding just, I, like, it's so hard to get a grasp on it. Yeah. Well, they like, got a even lot. hearing more things about it, it's still just like, but, like, what's the elevator pitch? I mean, you the, know, I want yeah. just a simple ex- understanding of it, but it feels, like, very hard to get until the game actually either comes out or shows off footage, and I feel like he might not show that much off if he can help it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he, you know, somebody said somewhere that, like, he could spend the next 15 years doing trailers and just be like, yep, this was a special experiment. You know, I mean, like, that's, and people would think that was kind of cool. I mean, that's, like, the cred he's developed. Not with you, apparently, and I get that. Believe me, I get that, and I'm worried about no. this game. Again, I think he probably could do really cool things, but I also think he needs some kind of editor that he probably doesn't have anymore. Editors yeah. are important, and I'm not saying... Like, it's not just against him. I think everybody needs editors or someone to help, yeah. like, focus things and, like... An anytime a big famous person... Yeah. Like, when someone famous loses that or, or it gets more obtuse, it, it can get less focused. And I think you see that with a lot of, like, big people. Yeah, sometimes so. people are really good self-editors and you get a genius um, that can that can also uh, uh, curtail themselves, but it's pretty rare. Um, cool. Anyway, so that's that's that. That was the big news out of the PS uh, PlayStation Sony conference. Was was you know a couple of those stories that we went over. Um, overall, we sort of talked about we thought about that. Okay, so we have finally come to the uh, the final conference, and I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of exci- get ready, listeners, for Jordan to freak out and get excited about the next one because even though it's not really an E3 conference and it's more like just what Nintendo always does. Nintendo had their direct on the Tuesday following all the other press conferences, and they had some cool announcements, um, one of which we'll save for the end because it was, like, basically the whole conference. Um, I'm going to start with uh, they, they showed off this weird game called Damon X Machina. Did you see that? I Vaguely, yeah. It's like a mech game, but, like, Nintendo? I, I don't know what to tell you about that. It's weird. Um, yeah. You know, they also announced... Um, A new Fire Emblem, which isn't surprising. Yeah, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which is, you know, people knew it was coming. It looks like it's a little lower budget than maybe I was hoping, but it looks cool. They show a new demo that's coming for Project Octopath. Um, Played that, enjoyed it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. So you're going to play that game? Yeah, probably. Awesome, awesome. I want to play it too, so we'll have that to talk about in an upcoming episode. Um, also, uh, let's see, a uh, port for Dragon Ball Fighters, and then Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is getting DLC. God, just what that game probably doesn't need, more content. Um, uh, 
Super Mario Party looks really fun. I'm looks like a that. return to traditional Mario Party style. I love the con. They showed like different people taking their switches and like linking them up to one another. The actual screens to like do something with like. And when they would touch one another, it would like change what happened on the other screen in some way. It looked really cool. Like interlock. Definitely something to mess around with at Magfest next year. Exactly, exactly. Um, they announced that Fortnite would be releasing immediately. They also announced Hollow Knight would be releasing immediately. Uh, at the time, I didn't know how important that was going to be to my life, but it became very important. Um, Killer Queen Black, which I don't really know what that is, but it was announced. Um, do you know anything about that? Nothing specific. And then Overcooked 2, which apparently has been making the rounds at, like, Editor's Week uh, for um, Judge's Week for E3, and it's basically just more Overcooked. I don't play that game. Um, and also they showed more about Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and this new Pokeball that you use to, like, you could control the whole game with just this one-button Pokeball, which is, I don't know, a little scary? I mean, it's... It's uh, it's not the next core game. It's an experimental kind of get-the-go audience. I think it looks like it'll be fun. It has a co-op mode. I'll probably play it. Yeah. Just for the sake of it. It's basically a remake of Red and Blue, just with Go-style mechanics. I hope that it's, like, our actual remake of Red and Blue, though, with, like, actual gameplay. Like, you can actually, like, go through the story and stuff. I mean, do you think it will? Yeah, I mean, you have po- trainer battles and moving around. I mean, I... I we need to see more details on it, but I think it's going to be fine. You know, we're going to get the eight, we're going to get Gen Eight next year, so that's not that long off. You're right. You're right. Okay. Well, I'll reserve judgment until we see more about that. It'll be it'll definitely sell a lot. Um, and uh, the only other thing, beside from the big one, is uh, Splatoon 2's Octo expansion is releasing uh, or released the day after the conference. Um, but then they basically spent two-thirds <laughs> and I don't think that's an exaggeration of the Nintendo Direct talking about this year's big release and what is it Jordan Super Smash Brothers Ultimate All right what do you think Um play it <laughs> Oh really are you really are you sure Uh I love Smash Brothers this is basically the game Everyone seems to want with every Smash character from the entire series coming together including Snake uh, Including, yeah, they had to do a bunch of, uh, I guess, new deals to get all those third-party characters back. Probably not Sonic, since he never left. <laughs> and people demand Sonic. Well, they had to get him back for, for four, because they weren't originally going to include him, but he was the most demanded third-party character. Huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, this looks like a very, very big game. <laughs> Um, I think they have currently, including the the Oct, the Squidling or the Squid Kid and Ridley, who was the maybe the most demanded character to be added to the game. Uh, At one point, you, hysterically, they said that he. I mean, uh, historically, they said he's too big to add to the game, but now they've worked it out. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, I think they're at seventy-five on the roster at the moment. No, I thought sixty. Seventy-five. No, well, I mean, Smash 4 was like 56, and that, you know, was without all the DLC characters, or all of the characters that had been removed. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're, not, no, they're not bringing every single thing back. They're not bringing... Um, they're not bringing all the stages back, but they're bringing a lot of stuff. They're trying to make it as big as possible. Uh, I think it is confirmed as a new game, but with, like... Uh, 60 plus, so probably somewhere in the in the 60s. Uh, I can't get a solid, solid number. That's but there's a lot, is the point. <laughs> now, is, is there going to be... 68 any... is the current total roster. There it is. Are there going to be any new characters, aside from Ridley? 
Um, they've said not to expect a lot, but there is still, you know, things to be announced. They're probably going to try to announce a few more people. There's, like, apparently rumors that King K. Rule might be in there. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if an ARMS character shows up in there. Um, you know, who knows what they're going to include. Maybe a few more third-party characters, because people always like that. But, uh, for now, it's, it's, even if they don't add a lot, that's still a lot. I mean, yeah, it is. All right, all right now let me ask you this. Then they've you... updated a lot of the characters, too, like including Cappy and making it Breath of the Wild Link. Are you, are you more excited about this or would you be more excited if it was the same game, but instead of the 20 or so characters they're bringing back that were gone, or 25, that they went and got, like, 10 or 15 new characters instead? Which would excite you more? I mean, this, I, okay. I think. So it's exactly like, what Smash fans want, then? Yeah, I mean, I, new characters are always wanted, and I'm sure they'll announce some more, and there's always the option for DLC. So, you know, I wouldn't say that they're done even if they say this is the launch lineup and right. they don't announce anybody else. Right. Um, I think they ended up having, what, eight DLC characters for 8 to 12? I forget exactly. Um, a good number of DLC characters at any rate. So, I mean, it could get bigger. I think it's already a pretty massive game. I think it's going to be a game where they're working to make it as close to Melee as possible because that seems to be where a lot of the fixes are and a lot of the things they're bringing back because they know... That's still the competitive game, and I think they want to kill that. They want Smash Ultimate to be the definitive Smash game. Okay. That's um, like, that's a laudable goal. Yeah, no, I mean, I think 4 actually has a competitive scene, so they moved in the right direction, whereas Brawl was... I mean, it had one, but nobody liked Brawl because of all the dumb... And you couldn't turn quote, unquote, off dumb mechanics. You couldn't yeah, turn tripping off tripping. The big one. Yeah. Um, but taking out stuff that were, like, the more technical moves you could pull off in Melee. I see. So... Uh, I just think it'll be fun to play. I like playing Smash. It It's coming out in December, so again, it'll be good right around MAGFest time um, to, to have and to play. And it, it just, it looks really fun. I like Smash. It's it's still, it's very unique. No one else has quite been able to pull it off. Like, it, it's sort of gameplay. Um, not even, a PlayStation All Stores Battle Royale went in a different direction that was kind of inspired by Smash. And I, I still even like that game, but it did not take off, obviously. Yeah, uh, but no, Smash Ultimate looks really good. It, it was a highlight. I mean, I watched that whole 25-minute video they released because I saw it after the direct, uh, and was really excited for it and all the changes and all the characters coming back and the way they're tweaking everything. It, it looks exciting. I can't believe that like literally more than half of the direct was that. That's crazy. I mean, I get it. It's a huge deal. But man, Nintendo is not missing a beat. Like every year, they have huge releases. I mean, they are. Year one was was insane. I mean, it was Breath uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario. And are we? This is just year two right now, is it still? Yeah. Man, time. Yeah, that's crazy. And so this year they have just just huge amount of stuff. It's amazing. They really are. They have a game a month. Um, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty insane. Definitely. All right. Well, that's E3 this year. Uh, I think we sort of said at the top that. Um, you know, it's a big, uh, it's a big, it was a good year overall. Lots of cool stuff. Lots to be excited about. I say this all the time and this is called the joy of gaming, but, um, it's a great time to be a gamer. And this is just like, you know, six conferences of proof as to why, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I'm in, I'm in and I'm, I'm ready and, and ready to play a lot of these games, especially on February 22nd, brah, it's on, <laughs> it's on. All right. 
Um, well, on that note, um, let's talk about a little bit of the stuff we're all talking about the future here. Let's talk a little bit about the recent past and current and talk about what we've been playing. Um, let's start with all the other little stuff and get it out of the way, and then we will talk about Hollow Knight um, as our final thing. All right. So what have you been playing, Jordan Alseca? <laughs> uh, so the biggest thing I would say is that I've been playing... I'm trying to think. I've kind of played a little bit. I hadn't been away. I've been away from my consoles for a good bit. Um, Which is so finally... the Hollow Knight-ness. And that's a lot of Hollow Knight. I also was playing a lot of Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition. Still enjoying it. probably the most recent thing. Um, I, I haven't played it a lot recently. I haven't played my Switch really since I got here just because I've been playing consoles again. But yeah, I think... I mean, I put more time into it now than I think I did with either previous version. I've... Really? I... Yeah, well, this version does a good job of making stuff more accessible. It allows you to switch fighters on the go in missions. It also does a really good job of um, what is the thing it does. It, or no, actually, I think Legends introduced character switching. But this immediately has all of the battle maps unlocked, so I don't just, I didn't just have to finish the first one to unlock the next ones. So I was able to just kind of experiment with everything. Now, the later ones are geared towards higher-level characters, but it still let me kind of unlock all the characters I hadn't played as. And then this also has all the DLC from Legends. Um, you know, it's still just the Dynasty Warriors-style gameplay, but the Zelda skin makes it really work and pop, and I've, I've had a lot of fun with it. How was the Linkles quests and stuff? Still good. I mean, you know, I, that was in the Legends version, so... Right. Okay. I, I, I played a lot of it. But I, really, I enjoyed playing a lot, a lot of that. I also play, picked up... Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Have you gotten any further in it since we last talked, you and I offline? Not a super lot, uh, just because I, I got Hollow Knight and started focusing on that. But I've been enjoying that. It's a very different... It's 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 hard to explain just because of the way movement works. And it's like, you're not limited to a certain number of squares. It's like the full... It shows you what you can move in. And you can run to one side and hit an enemy. And then run all the way back to the other side and shoot them from there. And... You know, like bounce off people's heads to land other places, and the movement's really like yeah, the movement's the big thing to get a hold of. You only ever have three characters, and the the enemy encounters are never that numerous. So it comes down more to strategically positioning and knowing how the enemy can move to to keep your guys alive uh, through multiple battles in each stage. Because it has like the traditional Mario one 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 two, and there might be two to three battles in each one of those that you, you don't recover health till the very end, unless you find like a healing mushroom halfway through. I see. So you got to really play it smart. Yeah. Um, but I've really been enjoying it. I'm about, uh, a quarter of the way through it, I think, because there's four worlds and I've finished up the first world and need to start the next one. Cool. Um, but I've really been enjoying that. Uh, and then, once I got back, I started playing some more Overwatch. Uh, before I left Manhattan, Kansas for Charlotte, I was playing that for the event. And then now I'm just playing it again because Overwatch is always fun. Been playing... Uh, after SGDQ, I was inspired to pick up some older games, so I have been playing Resident Evil 4 again, like I mentioned earlier. Right. Uh, You're pretty uh, far in it, amazingly. Yeah, because it's just fun. It, you know, Resident Evil 4 is... What do you play well, on I, PS4? I was, no, no, Xbox. Oh. Uh, I, I've had that for a while, so I was like halfway through when I stopped last time ah, because got it. I got somewhere that I didn't want to keep playing just because I was exhausted. Uh-huh. Um, but then uh, I've also finally gotten back to Yakuza 0. 
playing through that, really enjoying it. They're coming out with Kuamis for all of them. They announced around E3 or whatever. Well, they 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 they're basically they're they're doing more just straight HD ports for the the rest of them. They're not ah. like full remakes. Okay. But yeah, they're 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 bringing the whole series forward because it's really recently had a big explosion in popularity. Well, I mean, it's, it's almost all completely in part in the U.S. to zero. Yeah, zero did it. Uh, it gave a jumping on point for what in the past was a huge sweeping saga picking up at you know the fourth or fifth episode. You know, we can't have that. yeah. And you know, Yakuza Seven starting it with a completely new main character, so that'll be pretty fresh as well. That's a good idea. That's a really good uh, idea because I mean, well, Kir- six Kiryu has been you know it's, what is six the conclusion. Six is, yeah, the conclusion of his story, which when you consider, I mean, that's seven games with him as the main character uh, is pretty good. Yeah, he's got a good run. I mean, he's a great character, but he's had a run, man. Yeah. Um, and then I resubscribed to Final Fantasy XIV. And what? I've been playing that on and off. Did you really? Yeah. Wow, I just had my uh, mind blown, man. I, like, that is the last thing I thought you'd say, because you're very, like picky about subscriptions like picky well i figured i'd get another month of it and I, i've been enjoying it just because it, it is fun to, go to play back to that i don't know i i've been thinking about it it had been a year since i started playing it and i never did finish again there's a lot of there's a lot of game there before you have to buy an expansion pack so um and you know people really praise the story i was enjoying it when i was going through and i'm getting near the uh, closer to the end of the main campaign Wow. Um, and I know Heaven's Ward and particularly Stormblood are really praised for their narrative. And I don't know, I'm just it, – it's fun enough to play that I, I liked getting back to it. The biggest trick was just remembering all the controls because MMOs are controller heavy. Didn't you have to like break out like 10 facts again too to like remember like where you're going and what items you need and all that kind of stuff? No, it's honestly pretty painless at, at staying – unless you're doing end game stuff where you're like going for particular builds. It's pretty easy to, to get back uh... into Okay, got it. So it's the hard stuff comes later, but for right now, it's not like, let's say, as hard as a typical Final Fantasy game where a boss can be really tough. No, I mean, even then, you know, a lot of the big encounters are done through instance dungeons where you team up with other players. Um, and I had to do some of those. And those are, like, throughout the story. I had to do one of those early, and, and you know, the other players were very much like, here are the things you need to know for this particular boss before oh, so... we, like, stormed it. So Wait, so you you've been... You've been playing online like a shared world RPGer recently. Well, it's an MMO. I can't not be in an online. But like the no, like but you're you playing play it with through people. the yeah, but not with chat on. I mean, it's through like the chat log in the window. I'm not okay. like talking to people. Okay. But you know, there was like they're they're helpful to make sure it's like okay, this boss when its eyes glow this color to get away from it, or when it glows this color, you got to be close up to it. And you know, it it went pretty seamlessly. So, and again, they're they're not super complicated encounters early on. So I've been mostly okay. Oh, okay. I I am just like like shocked here. If you were if you could see into the uh, internet and and to where I'm sitting, like my my jaw is on the table, man. This is like crazy. Anyway. Um. But yeah, other than that, those are the main things I've been playing. Interesting. When did you do that subscription, resubscribe? Just this past week. Really? Wow. That's really uh, that's really unJordan-like, or maybe I just don't <laughs> know. All right. Um, cool. Is that it? Yep. Uh, one day we will talk about Detroit. Since we last talked, you had oh half, that right. Half, yeah. Well, we we can talk about it later because I'm only like the first three. I've I finished the first three little sections. Um, 
I played the first one. By the way, I so far early on, I'm in love with Connor. Is it? Is he the one who flips the coin? Yes. I love him. <clears throat> like his sections so far, the first two I've done are. I I mean, I was in love with that intro. I don't know if you liked that intro, but boy, did I love that intro. He was my favorite character overall. So yeah. Um, but anyway, um, I can see that like everybody just says it's like the, it just evolves into like the biggest cliches about uh, androids, and I know that's coming, and and so I I haven't really dived into it. I haven't jumped in real hard. Um, but once I finish it, I'd love to you know do a spoiler cast and break it down with you. I hope you'll remember it by then. Yeah, I mean I'll remember it. It's it's impressively bad. So. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Um. Anyway, so Jordan played that at one point. Um. For me. I am diving back into The Witcher 3, or excuse me, diving into it. I finished 2, I played a little bit of 1 back in the day, and now I'm finally getting to Witcher 3 because people just, I mean, I just can't escape, especially with Cyberpunk being announced at E3, I can't escape the cavalcade of people talking about how amazing Witcher 3 is. I mean, they just talk about it like like another level of gaming, like it's that good. And so far, it's okay, it's pretty good, you know? Very similar to 2, honestly. Um, is it very different than two eventually, or what? Um, well, so wait, how far in are you? I finished the prologue area, and I just got to the place where you sort of find out what's going on with Siri and uh, uh, your girl Yennefer, and then you move to the first big area of Velen, and everything opens up, and that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, you got to get there. Uh, like the the opening area is really very, very um restrictive which you know is an unfortunate start but like once you start getting to explore more and kind of go wherever you want uh that's where i think it really sets itself apart because like the first area i think does feel like the witcher 2 which was very you get many hubs i think the the witcher 3 really opens up after that opening griffin hunt okay cool all right well then i'll 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 remain reserve judgment because i'm going to play more of that tonight probably okay yeah um number two um I played the beginning of Detroit. We can talk about that later. Um, uh, here's an interesting one. We've been talking about Resident Evil. I played all the way through Resident Evil Revelations 2. And that game is surprisingly disappointing to me. <laughs> I just don't like it that much. Um, and it's too bad because I really liked Revelations 1, which I actually played on 3DS with that like dual stick add-on on the original 3DS. And I really enjoyed it. You know, as nerfed out as it is, you know, considering it's, it's a made-for-handheld game... Like, I just enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, and um, I don't know. I The second one, I just didn't. I, I just felt like the combat just felt like a step back even from 5 and 6. It just feels, like, clunky or something. Have you played it at all? We played it a little. And I will say, it's definitely a game more built around co-op, um, okay. obviously. Yeah. But, you know, it's But I've also it's heard that game. one of the co-op characters is always boring. So if you play One of the characters does not have a gun ever, yeah. So you it's like you're on flashlight duty. Like, that's not fun, is it really? I mean, oh, and then if you're the little girl, then you're on bricks that you can pick up duty. <laughs> yeah, we played through the first episode. Um, it was it was all right. We I don't th- yeah I don't remember us hating it, but we didn't love it either. We never continued it. Yeah, I mean, for for big Resident Evil fans, like that's I think that says a lot. Anyway, I didn't love it. Um, the ending was had some like one or two like kind of little surprises that were kind of cool, but they didn't even execute them very well. I don't know. I wasn't into it. And the only last thing that I played. Um, that I want to talk about briefly is one I think maybe you played. I've been trying to get you excited about this, and somehow it's not happening. <laughs> Yoku's Island Express. Why are you not pumped for this, man? 
<laughs> you, you told me about it once, and I, I don't know. Pinball's not my thing. I know, I know. But I just... So this is a pinball Metroidvania. So it is a game where you play this little um, dung beetle rolling along a piece of dung. Sounds really nice, right? Um, and uh, the dung is a pinball. Um, and as you get to, like, different areas, like, you get to, like, a little hub area where you have to do little mini, like, quests or fight things. Instead, it's a pinball game with different levels. And you have to shoot at the little things in that pinball game and then shoot up to a higher level and then gain an item and then, like, kill beetles with little explosion powers. And it's just, it's neat. Um, but then again, as soon as I had something else to play, I stopped playing it. So it's, like, really cool in concept and I really like the way it feels, but... The only problem I have with it is that it's a little samey. Like, every different place you go, it's like a very, like, it seems like every other place you go. So I'm hoping the game finds ways to differentiate itself in gameplay more. I've heard that when it does multi-ball, it does that in a really cool way. But this is just one of those games, like, I'm just, like, fighting to really like. Because I feel like I should love it. Because I, I always like pinball, but I never found a way to really get into it. Because, you know, high score chasing is not that fun. And, you know, I, I, I'm never that good at pinball, to be quite honest with you. I always feel like my ball's in the gutter. Um, and mm -hmm. it also pisses me off that, like, even if you don't suck, your ball can just go down the gutter anyway sometimes, like, even if you're good. Um, like, those those random gutters off to the... I guess people that really know what they're doing make sure that doesn't happen, maybe, but I don't know. i just never been good at pinball. So this is a way that I can play pinball with, like, you know, platforming mechanics mixed in. So it's pretty cool, um, but nothing compares in coolness to Hollow Knight, which is our main uh, sort of little mini topic here. Um, and why don't we dive in and talk about that if you're ready? Yeah, let's go. So, Hollow Knight came out last year on PC. It is made by a company called Team Cherry. They are essentially two dudes and like a, a part-time third dude. Um, they kickstarted the game for like $50,000 only. Um, considering that other games that don't turn out good, <clears throat> Mighty Number no. 9 and others... <laughs> Um, were kickstarted for millions. This is remarkable. Um, this game is a Metroidvania mixed with the Souls genre. Um, so it's uh, you basically show up at this town um, and um, Dartmouth, and you're a little uh, like beetle warrior, ghostly beetle warrior, and you talk to these other little insect-looking creatures, but it's very sparsely populated, and they say go down the well and find out why our town is corrupted and what's going wrong. And very much like a Souls game, there is not like a very clear narrative. Instead, it's environmental. And as you go different places and see different things, you experience the story and it fleshes itself out. And you'll fight a boss and by what's on the walls or the couple cryptic things they say or a little signpost you saw earlier, you can start to piece together who that boss is and what's going on. It's very cool like that. So it brings in that kind of element of Dark Souls. It also allows you to collect these things, basically they're souls, but in this game they're Geo and you need that to buy a lot of upgrades but um, if you ever die and you you get five hits um, they're, they're, they're to little, start to start right and if you die you lose you, basically a little ghost form of you stays where you died and then you get um, brought back to the last bench you sat down on and then from there you have to get back to that ghost dude and kill him in order to get your souls or your geo back um, and so it's risk-reward. Um, so when you're really rolling, you want to keep going, but maybe you should go back and try to spend your money because otherwise you have the potential to lose it. And, like, I'll give you one thing that happens a lot in this game, one of the big loops is you get to a boss, you have 1,500 Geo, 
you have to keep fighting that boss but but like the bench will be like maybe three or four screens away from the boss so you'll get brought back to the the bench when you die because you're going to die four or five six times on a boss at least usually unless it's an easier one and then you have to get back to where the boss was and kill your former little ghost self before starting to fight the boss again so that you don't lose your geo um, so that makes it just very taut and tense at times. Um, I was on the phone with Jordan once when he lost all his Geo, um, which was uh, unfortunate, right? Not too bad, though. Yeah, I mean, you get it. The later you get in the game, the money kind of gets a little un- imbalanced where it's like you get way more money than you have things to do with it. You certainly do when it gets later on. But anyway, um, especially early on, it's fun. The the um, the thing about this game that's really unique, um, first of all, the combat is is big. Well, um, we'll talk about all the different elements. Let me finish setting it up. The other thing that's unique about this game is the map system. Um, unlike a normal Metroidvania that you go through the different areas and when you get to like a map station, like all of a sudden the map updates or you download a map or... Uh, or, or like the map just fills out as you go. In this one, you have to find a guy named Cornifer and buy a map. And until you do that, there's no map. So you have to learn the, each area you get to. And I believe there's 18 areas total in the game. Each area you get to, you have to learn by heart just by looking at the environment before you get the map. And then later when you get the map, luckily once you get the map, it does fill in the areas you've already been to. So it's smart like that. It doesn't punish you, punish you, but it does require you to do your own quote unquote mapping in a way. And you have to buy little map elements and stuff like that. So it really makes you feel the value when you get that first map in each area. But um, it's just remarkable. And that's kind of the setup for the game. Um, Tell me about your experiences diving into it. I think, you know, we're, we're kind of a little dancing around with that. But really the big thing is it's a hard game to get into. Yeah. In the sense that it is, like, immediately fun and the mechanics are solid. Combat but feels good. The, the, the map thing, I think, is the biggest strike against it just because the elements you have to buy aren't, like, things you have to keep buying. Now, now when you, you have to find a map every time, and that's fine, but, like, you don't... You have to, like, buy different things like the pins and the ability to mark where you've been and all that. You have to buy these, but then once you've bought them, you've bought them. So it's not even, like, an ongoing concern. It's just, like, this early roadblock to having some sense of That's a good where point. you're going. That's a really um, good point. So it's not like over time they make you spend money on mapping supplies or something like that to, like, be realistic or be a challenge. Instead, you're absolutely right, Jordan. It's like... It's front end loaded with difficulty, almost to just make just be daunting, almost. Yeah, and so um, you get things like early on, you get a badge, and there's the badge system where you can equip different badges to give you upgrades. One of them is just to be able to tell where you are on the map, <laughs> um, which I found to be pretty necessary, even as I've learned the maps. Yeah, you gotta have it's, it on. The only time just... I go ahead. No, well, I was going to say, yeah, like, the, I, I think we probably agree. The only time I don't have it on is when I, like, switch things out for a boss fight because I'm right. going the same route no matter what. And you've been through it three or four times already at that point, and you need that last slot because you're notch slots. So to, in order to equip charms, and charms are basically your loadouts in this game, in order to equip them, you have to have notches, and you don't get very many. And so you really have to be choosy about what you can use, and the best charms take, like, four slots. And by that point, when you get slot charms that are that good, you have, like, seven maybe eight slots. So it's like really limited at how much you can use at one time and you have to really pick and choose. There is an option where you can like overcharm yourself, but you take double damage at that point. So it's a 
real risk reward thing. And, and and none of the charms are powerful enough to offset that risk, in my experience. No, I mean, yeah, unless it's like you're really gonna go brutal tank damage, but the, like they don't build up too too much. Um, to be where it, I, I ever felt it was worth it. But yeah, so early on, you're just like, I like the idea of having, like, now that's the one thing that continues, is buying the maps as you go. I like that, and I like the, the you know, having to sit at a bench to take time to, like, mark where you've been. Yep, that's um, cool. All that stuff's like, cool. But yeah, just early on when you are, like, completely lost on where you're going or how to find your way around, it's a little just discombobulating. I straight up recommend that if you're going to play Hollow Knight, because here's the thing that's happening when I hear people talking about this. It's either people like us who got past the first three or four hours and think the game is one of the best Metroidvanias ever. I know I do. Um, and then it's other people who never got past the first three or four hours. And that's like it. It's one, you're one or the other, usually. Um, and And really... That's unfortunate. It shouldn't be that much of a barrier to entry. Like, if the game wants to get harder as you go, that's one thing. But to make the biggest challenge of the game, or the biggest obstacle to overcome, the first thing you have to do, that's a shame. Um, and it shouldn't have been designed that way. And even people that think this game is God's gift will say that, like, the beginning is, is rough going. So my recommendation to you would be, get a guide, and if you want to go blind in this game, that's fine, but wait about two hours before you go blind. Like, get the map equipment get the first map area and maybe the second or third areas find out where the map guy is once you get through those first couple areas from that point on you'll be powerful enough so you don't die you'll be uh, uh, you know aware enough of this game's core loop so that like you kind of know what's what and how to operate and then also you'll start to notice things like there's certain i don't want to give it away but there's certain sound cues as to where the map map guy is going to be there's little signs that lead you in the right direction there's something that the map guy drops that i never noticed but somebody told me this that you can follow to find where he is so the game is brilliant with little details and the art design is fucking exquisite i mean the game's ridiculous uh, no, i mean it, it has well, yeah, I mean, I would agree. It does a great job of setting the scene and making it feel realistic in those ways. But, yeah, I, I agree that, like, early on you do want some guidance because, like, the first two areas are very clear where you should go. And then after that it can be daunting just to even figure out where to go next or what paths you can take. And, mm -hmm. like, early on especially you're going to be like, okay, let me go here. And then you're like, oh – this is blocked off for this reason, but there will be like seven things that are like that. So you'll get a new power up and then be like, which of these can I go now? And you'll exactly. end up like going in a loop of places to find just a route that might just be to like a challenge another or another roadblock or another road. Yeah. It may be like, oh, I needed this dash ability so I could get past this one roadblock. And then, oh, wait, just past there, there's something I need another skill for that I don't have yet. And generally speaking, that doesn't happen too often, but it happened to me at least once. And you're yeah. right. There are challenge rooms that you get to, and it's like, well, that's cool, but boy, I would have rather the next part of the plot, you know? Yeah, but I, now, once you get past that, though, like after about hour two, you're it's just pure discovery for like – 20 hours i know of it's just amazing. there's so many ways to go and you're just always at a loss of like well do i go here do i want to go this way do i explore this place um and there's there's secrets hidden everywhere in terms of like new badge new new charms you can get or mask pieces or uh your soul orb um and the, the big thing about the game that's so rewarding is it 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 uses all these systems in a, pretty unique ways that all feel rewarding so like your main attack is your nail that you know just you swing in front of you and you hit things with but then you also very early on get a spell that you can use to, like, shoot a blast out of your body. And you get more spells as the game goes on. But base, it's called Soul. 
um, and you get new, your soul gets replenished from hitting enemies. Um, but your soul is used both for casting your spells and using your abilities, some of your abilities, uh, but also to heal yourself. So you don't get pickups for health in this game. You either have to sit at a bench or you have to take the time to like focus your soul to heal yourself. So it's both a trade-off of you know, using your abilities or being able to heal yourself with knowing when the right time to heal yourself is. And that's one of the big tricks in boss fights is just finding the window to heal yourself. And then there will also be certain abilities that, you know, augment or detract from these different areas. So, for example, um, there might be an ability that gives you twice as many hearts, but you won't be able to recharge your health. Or there might be one that allows you to, and I use this one heavily, um, uh, you, you when you when you uh, charge your soul up to re refill your health, it takes half as long. Which for boss battles is a freaking godsend. But that one costs three notches. So if you use that one early on, it's like only that and one other can you even use. As you get further in the game, then there's one that lets you. It's, it takes four notches, I think, but it lets you have double the health when you. Um, what do you call it? Focus when you focus your soul. Yeah. So. The, there's all these different ways to play with the mechanics. So you get the core mechanics, which on their self are brilliant with the risk reward. So as Jordan was saying, as you as you go and shoot somebody with your uh, your magic attack, that same magic attack you just shot could have given you back one bar of health. So it you literally just shot your health out of your body, you know, in a way. Um, and yeah, you have to spend time. So it's like the soul plus the time equals the health, but. Most importantly, you have to balance that. Like, is it more important to try to kill this really aggressive enemy, or should I go over here, try to run away, hide, and get my health back? Um, and you have to kind of balance that throughout. For me, it generally meant using very little magic. I don't know about you. I I mean, for me, the big thing was I tend to avoid using the spells too much. That's what I said, magic, yeah. Yeah, just because... Um, I didn't find them to be super like for some of the boss fights they they were useful but for the Especially most part like, I never used them. them. Yeah, I never really used them on basic enemies um, unless I just really wanted to get by. Like there there are some of them. There are these like big 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 knights that even even when you're powered up still take forever uh -huh. uh, and can like smack you for two masks. Are you talking those, about those dudes in the city of tears with the shields? Yeah, because I don't even know how to beat those with a sword. Really, I mean they're almost impossible with your nail. I mean, you just got to time it, but it, it's a bitch. Yeah, I mean, it's really like, and you do so little damage, they take 10 hits. I mean, I had my nail powered up as much as you could power it up at times, um, and still they were, like, taking a lot, so. Yeah, now sometimes I will use the spells to, like, blast a lot early on. Like, if I come into a fight with full soul, I'll just, like, shotgun blast them. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you especially I use, um, there's one badge that just, like, lets you get soul when you get hit. So yeah, whether you're getting hit or hitting, song. you're... And yeah, it only song, takes you'll... one notch. So so really, no matter what, you're always charging up. Uh, so it made it easier to like feel okay blasting it right away. Yeah, and so you could so go into a battle. there's different strategies. Though. So you could go into a battle, blast all of your... Fully loaded with soul, blast all of your soul at the boss to take a chunk of health off at the beginning, give yourself an advantage, knowing that A, you're going to get hit, and it's going to give you more soul, and B, you're going to hit the boss with your nail, and every time you do that, you'll get soul. So every other thing you do in that battle is going to give you soul, so you can do that front-end damage, right? Yeah. Um, so the game just it keeps going. Um, it, it like my biggest problem with it is early on there's a, there's really just one way to fast travel and that is to um, 
find these stag stations. Yeah. Um, and early on, it's fine because the world isn't that big. But as the world gets bigger and bigger, it becomes I, – I feel like the world either needed to be smaller or be more plentiful with stag stations because – There should have been more. There should have been more. I, I agree with you. Um, like it is a big game inherently. And like even with – even if you, you made fast travel easier, it would still probably be like a 20-plus hour campaign. But as is, it feels like there's a lot of time you spend just – running back over the same ground. Like, even if you're just like, okay, I need to run all the way here to upgrade my nail, and then I need to go over here because I want to maybe put my money in here before a fight, or I have to go all the way back to town to buy this upgrade, and it's just... It, it feels like you, you spend a lot of time, like, moving from A to B. Yeah. As opposed to exploring do. the new places. Well, I'm all about... You know me. I'm a, I'm a huge min-maxer in these type of games, and I'm a huge, like, completionist. I had to, I have... Right now, I have every charm. Um, and I have all, I have one of the unbreakable charms because later on in the game with the DLC that's come out since then, you can get like unbreakable versions of these fragile charms. But before that, you have super to, expensive though. Yeah, they're very expensive. But before that, you have these three charms that are incredibly powerful. One gives you like a huge boost to how much money you get. I think it's like a third more money on every kill. One of them gives you like 75% boost to your damage and a nut with fragile strength. And another one gives you a huge boost to your health, fragile health, which is like four more. But if you die, you, the charm breaks and you have to hightail it all the way back to the dead center of the map where there's no stag station to a guy named uh, Leg Eater, who's a termite, and he will then sell you, to, like pay, let you pay to fix it. Until later on in the DLC, they I guess they realize that's annoying, and they realize that Geo was um, way too plentiful at that point in the game. So they said, why don't we fix both problems by letting you turn these into like unbreakable charms, but like charge you nine thousand, twelve thousand, or fifteen thousand Geo to do it. And at that point, I mean, you're so late game anyway. It's not like it's a big big deal. You've no. probably played through most of the game as intended. Right, and that's what I would say is one of the, if I have a problem, I don't have as much a problem with the bigness of it because I want to play that game so much that I, like, just running through it and just fighting regular enemies as I travel is so fun that, like, I don't even mind. And there's four different nail upgrades that you get. for You have the first one you can just buy. The second, third, and fourth you need pale ore for, which is, like, a very rare little item you can find in very far reaches of the map. And there's certain six bosses. in the whole game, yeah. Right, very, very rare. And you need, um, uh, one, one then two, two then three exactly exactly um so anyway um i had my nail um charged up so at, at, as much as you could at any point in the game so when i would travel back through the world i'd see oh awesome that enemy used to take three hits now he takes two i wonder if he's going to take one next time oh nope he still takes two and then finally ah he just takes one to hit so those kind of things are fun and you feel yourself getting incrementally more powerful at the same but time, always go ahead. <laughs> always like very small increments over a long amount of time like it is a game that is it's not super plentiful. And again, because you can kind of explore, you can go a long time without ever upgrading your masks or your magic. Because yeah. that um, might not be your, what you your happen your to nail. come across. That might not be what you happen to walk in front of. Because that's yeah, the thing there's... about this game. You can go anywhere. Yeah, it's very big, and there's not a lot of upgrades for really any of the um, the different things. Like, there's probably the most mask fragments, but it takes four mask fragments to even get a new mask. And the last um, you know, mask, there's... and the last mask you're gonna get, you have to actually do a quest that's like incredibly frustrating and nearly impossible. So three of the mask fragments you got are useless unless you do this flower quest, which is I don't want to do it. So did you do it? I haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, okay. Anyway, 
Um, it's basically but I mean, there's... You, have, you have to walk half the map without getting hit once, or your flower uh, uh, falls down the ground and you have to go get a new one. Oy. And I don't want to do that. That doesn't seem fun to me, so... Yeah, I mean, so, but honestly, I think most of what we're saying are very minor quibbles because otherwise, I think it's one of the best Metroidvanias ever made. Well, the other, the other uh, little minor quibble that I had that I wanted to mention is the 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 other spells that you mentioned. I got like all three of them right at the end of the game. Like I got one spell that I had the whole game, maybe the second one two thirds of the way through, and the other, the last two, I just stumbled upon right at the end. Did that work that way for you, or did it not work that way for you? Was it better I, for you? I, I think it's been better for me. Some of them are kind of obtuse in terms of what you have to do, like, especially the upgrades to spells. Well, there's only like, one, isn't there? Well, you can upgrade the screaming spell. Re- uh, the one that you shoot? No, the one that, like, explodes out of the top of you. Where do you get that upgrade? I, oh, I could not tell you, but you have to, like, go to the place and it talk. there's, like, a sign that talks about screaming, and then when you do it, it's like wherever there's a big pile of bodies. <laughs> I didn't know that. And if you, like, use it there, you activate the, the souls around you or something, and they, they upgrade you. Oh, that's awesome. So let me just say, that is the perfect, what just happened here on this podcast for you to hear is the perfect example of what makes this game so amazing. You can play the whole game and finish it and have every charm, like I do, and still not know what somebody who hasn't finished the whole game and doesn't have every charm has come across, figured out, and been stunned by, right? Yeah, I mean, and it does a great job throughout. Like, there, there's one moment where it's like, I don't even want to fully spoil it, but there's like a boss fight where it's a really challenging encounter, but it's like built around the idea of not killing your opponent, but like meeting them in a duel. And then when you finish the duel, there's like something cool happens as you're leaving the area that like really makes you feel like this is a unique part of the game world as opposed to, you know, just another area. Yeah, I mean the game is just. I mean, even that, I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. It's amazing. What? What? It, well, I could say the the Mantis Lords part. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. And then yeah, they when you finish that battle, it impacts what the rest of the world, something that happens in the world. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. And um, then you have other cool bosses who and are that's like optional, super violent. By the way, that's an optional yeah. fight. You don't ever have to do that. But but you know you want to because you find it and it's cool. And then you have other people who are like full-on trying to kill you you have dudes like the dung defender who ends up being a pretty chill guy it's like like and, and again i don't know if we've specifically mentioned it, but yeah the whole game is built around like insects and bugs as the main focus of the world and it's it's like this idea of death and rebirth is like sort of the the theme um and also like redemption and it's it's very it's very dark souls but lighter it's definitely not the darkness it is it's bleak but it's but it's funnier than dark souls and cheerier than Dark Souls in a way. And there's just so many Easter eggs, but Easter eggs within the world. Not like, oh look, it's Mario's face in that in the side of that, you know, thing. No. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is more like here's uh this character that you got to know from the beginning. Oh wait, she's got a crush on this 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 guy that we heard is like a that we know is a huge tool and he like pretends he's strong but he's always getting caught up in like webs and and you know Zote or Zote whatever his name is. He keeps getting mm-hmm. like 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 beaten up and trashed and he, and then like you save him and he's like pissed at you for saving him. He's like I was about to get out of that, you idiot. And then later like this girl that loved you ends up loving him instead and it's like you know that Zote's a tool, but, like, anyway, it's just the whole world's intertwined in this brilliant way. And, like, 
uh, here's a great example. The stag that, that, that travels you around is a character also. And every time you find a new stag station, he tells you about, like a tour guide, tells you about that area. Or you might never go talk to him because you jump down to talk to him. You may never do that because that's just not how you play games is to, like, try every little thing. But if you do, he'll tell you stuff. Then there's a special hidden stag station to find later. Um and, and that moves his story forward. I mean, it's just remarkable. Another thing we didn't even mention, the charms are all interactive. Did you know this? Yeah, that they, like, affect one another. It's amazing. So you'll get one charm that's like – I'll give you a very basic example. You'll get one charm that is a, like, poisonous mushroom cloud. And you'll get another which makes these little, like, buzzy bee-looking, like, like I guess they're, like, larvae that fly around you to, like, fight enemies, and they use a little of your soul to do it. But if you have both of those charms on, the larvae have that same spore dust coming off of them, and they do more damage. Or... If you have the one, you have this ability that lets the spores like go out and form a cloud whenever you do your focus heal. But when you have the special thing that makes your focus heal do double da- double healing, it also makes your cloud twice as big. It's just and it's on and on and on. There's a YouTube video if you want to check it out. It's like 20 minutes long of all the interactions of the charms, and there's probably more that they forgot. The game is just so intricate and brilliant and interesting i mean it's just fascinating what that game does i i'm just i'm always shocked at it and and it was kickstarted for fifty thousand. i'm sure they got more money somewhere and then they put out that pc version but just get ready because if if hearing us talk about it isn't enough you're about to hear the whole world talk about this kotaku's review just went up um Every other site, now that it's on Switch, is, like, all about this game. I mean, the finally the brilliance of this game is hitting the mainstream, and, and, and it's well-deserved. This game has already sold over 200,000 copies on Switch, and I'm just so happy for them. Yeah, I mean, it it's just, it's huge, it's got so much content. I think the coolest thing is that, you know, it had three free DLC packs that all came right to Switch as well. They're doing a full DLC focusing on one of the side characters. Gods and Glory uh, is coming. Yeah, I mean, it's it like is... their version of a boss rush mode, but unique. Yeah, they're doing a lot with it. It's huge. It's hugely impressive for a Kickstarter game. It's, like, exactly what you would hope that platform to deliver. Yeah, and it's also... there. I could not have imagined a better Metroidvania, and I love Metroidvanians. I wouldn't change the game. I, I mean, I might make the beginning less obtuse, but after those first two or three hours, I, there's not a thing I'd change, I don't think. Would you? No, not really. I mean, again, I think I would, I would hope for more teleportation they give you a better fast travel system deep in the game but but by the way i don't know if you knew this that's part of one of the dlcs they added that later so yeah i mean they they made quality of life growths themselves and i think that's a great thing about modern gaming is you can do that that's so cool i mean there's Um, there's three dlcs add a lot there's extra bosses um they make certain bosses that used to have really nerf they were like there was ways to like nerf like kill the boss really easily by hiding in a spot well, in Lifeblood, the expansion that came out this year, they fixed all those boss battles, so there's no cheap way to beat them anymore. Um, did you do the White Palace yet, Jordan? Not yet. God damn it. I keep waiting for him to get to the White Palace so we can talk about it. Because Jordan is, loves masochistic platformers sometimes. <laughs> and this is like this game's take on a masochistic platformer. It's like two hours of just excruciating platforming. So well, I'll be – after talking about it, I'll probably pick it back up again finally. It's fun, man. It, I know. And when you talk about it, it just makes you want to play it. Um, yeah. Because that game is just... Oh, it's so fun. Where did you end up? Where was your last thing you did? I was collecting Dream Essence. Uh, so, I mean, like, I think I'd found pretty much everything on the map except for fighting the remnants to get enough to go to the White Palace. 
Right, right. Well, you're close. I mean, I think you said you had 1,200 or 1,300 or something, right? Something like that, yeah. yeah so you need 1,800 to awaken the Dream Nail and go to the White Palace. So, I mean, you're you're pretty close. And like I said, one or two of those Dream Bosses, and you can easily kill them. How many of the charms do you have? Do you have most of them now? or Probably a little over half. Oh, okay. So you still got a little ways to go on that. Well, that you got a lot of fun ahead of you. I'm envious. because Yeah, I'm going to probably find a guide or something to try to look the most down. Because, again, a lot of it might be just... Because one of the... The only other thing I would say is sometimes you can... Because of the way the map's set up, you can go into a room and miss something and not know you missed something. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's not that kind of thing where all of a sudden, like, I'm playing The Witcher 3, and when you finish a little area and get all the items in that area, the icon is no longer white. It is now dull gray. Um, this game does not do that, so you will not know. Now, it will show you when there's an area you haven't been to yet, because it's got a little path, just like an old Metroidvanias, that isn't, like, completed. So you know you can go down that path further. But yeah, although sometimes that, they'll be a little weird. Like, sometimes the lines will look weirdly thin, or, like, there should be a path, but there's not actually a path. And sometimes, right, and sometimes um, it'll look closed off, but it's not. Um, and I think those are when there's a wall that has to be broken. That's the way they depict it. So it's a little slightly janky. But, like, honestly, if you ever run into that issue, just pull up a map of of uh, Hallow Nest, and you can look at the entire place and see, like, is there supposed to be a path there or not? And not really spoil yourself heavily, but just get an idea of the layout. I've certainly used, there's a wonderful wiki. Um, it's the, like the Hollow Knight Wikia or fan, Fandom or whatever they call yeah. those. Um, and it's it's phenomenal. Also, there's this guy, because this was only on PC before, so when things are on PC, they're niche, and, and Reddit's all about it, but, like, there's not usually huge, like, mainstream guides for them, and there's this one guy who did the guide, and he's a little weird, his personality, but the guide is pretty solid. Um, and, um... Anyway, it's 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 just such a good game. I'm 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 so happy I played it. I finally got to the final final boss, the real final boss. There's a second final boss, and straight up, he's like the hardest thing I've ever played in any video game. I don't think I'll ever beat him. He's that hard. <laughs> um, and I heard um, Kirk Hamilton from uh, Kotaku was talking about this, and he was just like he 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 played it for hours and hours and hours, and like got to the point. He he said he got so excited because he finally got to the second phase with full health, and then his adrenaline psyched him out, and he fucked it up again. Um, yeah, that will happen. That's how it is. That's how it is. Those Watcher Knights, man, they don't play. No. The Watcher Knights don't play, and neither does the Traitor King, the Traitor Lord, I mean. He does not fuck around. He is beastly. No. You just beat him by just sheer, just beat him up, beat him down fast, right? Yeah, I just equipped, like, all the strength stuff and was just, just went aggro. Yeah, you kind of have to, because, like, avoiding all of his stuff is, is just, it's really hard with the RNG and the way this stuff works. I mean, it's it's like... A, go ahead. He's one boss where there's, like, this, this move you have to have that you get right before fighting him. And then the the there's like a move you have to pull off and like because you don't you don't you don't control when the move triggers it's just if it's reloaded you use it but then he has a move where you have to specifically have it so sometimes it can just be you're refreshing and you get hit and it's just like frustrating yeah yeah exactly when we we don't want to spoil that too much but yeah it's just it's cool that all of your abilities upgrade and when they upgrade they have new properties so that game is constantly evolving much like a bug or a larva oh <laughs> we didn't even mention the uh, the worms. Or the uh, the slugs, or what are they called? The oh, grubs. the grubs. Oh yeah, my you... god, that quest is amazing. 
Yeah, like throughout the game, you you have to like save them as you're you're going through the world, and and, and, and they give you rewards for the more of them you save. You go, yeah, it's one of those things, and where, that's one of those things they they did a good job of making it easily accessible from a, a travel yeah. point. He's just hanging out like just below uh, Dirtmouth, the town, and then when you go down there, oh, and then like when you uh, you go down there, you get to hang out with him and see how many grubs you save, like in a representation, and you go down there, and they're all like, they're so happy that you save them, and then in the end, there's like a twist when you get them all it's really cool man it's really really cool all right well enough about that um i think we gave it as high praise as you can give a game right yeah um so um we got through e3 so uh we did some serious work here man got the uh got the scoop um got the scoop out and and, and talked about some great games man i it, it has just been it has been a fun time to play some video games can you imagine going from hollow knight uh hollow knight and now i'm saying hollow Hollow Knight to Witcher Three, like I mean, like could there be like a better like two no, that's very pretty solid games and just have a blast, right? Yeah. Um, so is that what you're going to be playing now? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, Witcher Three tonight. Um, there's so much stuff I want to play though. I mean, there always is, but yeah, I think it's going to be Witcher Three tonight. That's going to be the one. Um, but you know, talking about Hollow Knight makes me want to play it a little more too. I didn't do any <laughs> of the I didn't do any of the uh, Grim Troop stuff yet, which is this really cool carnival carnival themed like quest line that you can do as part of the DLC. How about you? What's next for you aside from Hollow Knight? But yeah, more Hollow Knight. But uh, probably I'll keep playing Yakuza Zero and Final Fantasy fourteen. We were going to. Uh, actually, Kelsey and I were gonna play Resident Evil Five, but we realized, oh, we did do it. We thought we hadn't completely finished it, but we did. No, you totally was... did. I remember you talking about it on the podcast. You were like, "Yeah, we played the shit out of it." And then, like, you were getting like the Chicago typewriter and all the weapons and stuff. Played it on hard, right? Yeah. So we might finally get back to trying to finish Resident Evil Six again. Ah, my baby, <laughs> my love. Now I know that game's not good. I know it's not, but. <laughs> it's 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 definitely better than Resolutions 2 in my mind. Um, so anyway, I digress. Um, Jordan, this was fun. Um, hopefully, we get together again soon. I want to play uh, the rest of Detroit and uh, talk to you about that. And uh, what? I, I mean, you're getting Octopath soon, right? Probably. I, I mean, I'm just seeing right now. But you well, know, you've I, got I'm... freaking Final Fantasy 14 going. You got a lot going in your uh, your gaming life and your new job starting up again. Yeah, which fortunately the transfer went through, and I don't have a long wait. So. Everybody celebrate! Jordan has a, has a, his his old <laughs> job made new again, um, in a transformational way, a la Hollow Knight. Well, hey Jordan, um, once again, I'm Rich Lapore, and I'm Jordan Alseka, and we will see you all soon. Have a good one. Bye bye.